1: Welcome back to Ellis Rules Off The Record for episode number 52. We are back for another week of action. And I can tell you guys one thing, this show is going to be different this week. We have so much news, so much to cover, a very special guest tonight. You're not going to get a weekend game. You're not going to get a mod this week. we only have one email because we had to cut most of them out. <laughs> so there's a lot of news, a lot happened this week. We're going to get into all of that in just a second. I am Joe the Widget Wilson, your lead host, and joining me as always, the
0: writer extraordinaire, Mr. Arwin. Hey, Joe! Great to be back. Chat room! Thank you so much for being here, guys. Awesome show planned out for you guys. We have a rather large chat room today. Yeah. And joining us back after
1: a two-week hiatus, Mr. Lewis Alon.
2: Hello, Joe. Hello, Evarwin. Hello, chat room. Hello. I've missed you, all. I, should have I missed na- you I-
1: all. I should have nicknamed you, I should have introduced you as Lewis Toothless O'Lan.
2: Yes. <laughs> I-, I thought about that, yes. but I realized
1: I have less teeth than you do, <laughs> so no point in that. And joining us tonight is Mr. David Deenforce Adams. <laughs> Good evening, everybody.
3: Is it odd that I'm the most southern located person, and I probably have the most teeth out
0: of all of us? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I have a lot of my own teeth still. I'm, I'm good. so Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Keep, Keeping the stigma strong. <laughs> and Mr.
1: Shank the Tank was, was awesome enough to step aside so we could bring in a special guest tonight. Mr. Matthew Grandstaff. Matt.
4: Yay! Hey, how are you guys?
1: Doing fantastic. It's great to have you on. I mean, we, we talked to you back in October. Last year so we got to get you on, got we'll to get you on, and we that finally got you on.
4: Yeah, it felt like a month ago.
1: <laughs> it did, didn't it? Yeah. It's weird. It's been like three, almost four months. I miss you guys.
4: <laughs> yeah, the, the Ravens turned out pretty good from that point on, so... Yeah, see, it,
1: was a, it was a good luck charm. I've been following the Ravens, by the way. Yeah. You got my, my, uh, my rooting on the Super Bowl coming up.
4: There's actually a weapon in Skyrim called the Grand Staff of Courage. I like to think that's named after me.
0: <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't call it the the Matt grandstaff of courage.
4: <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've actually never asked to, to find out, but people started pointing it out to me and I was like, Oh, that's that's awesome. I think there's two other grandstaffs in the game and they're probably the grandstaff of losing patience and the grandstaff of losing his mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Matt, just so um for the two or three people listening who don't know what you do for Bethesda, can you explain
4: that really quick for us? Sure, uh, I work in community management. My title these days is Global Community Lead. Um, So I'm doing a lot of the community management for all the Bethesda Softworks published titles. Um, Not just the titles that uh, BGS does, like Skyrim and Fallout 3. Um, And then, you know, because The Elder Scrolls Online uh, is a Bethesda-published title. I'm working with Joe Burba and his team uh, for The Elder Scrolls Online, among other titles. Ah, very good. Contacting wow. with the community, social media, uh, answering questions. Sometimes I think I'm the jack-of-all-trades here. At the office.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Certainly have, sounds like it.
4: I'll have people from our legal department, from sales, from marketing. I guess technically I fall in the marketing PR department. Um, uh, QA, you name it. I'm talking talking to everybody and trying to figure things out.
1: Sounds like you're the whipping boy.
4: Uh the the first day I started, <laughs> uh, he would introduced me to Todd and he called me the meat shield. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, I, I I can't remember when it was, but like a year ago I was going over something and I was like, "You know, there might be a reaction like, like this to that." And he just said, "Okay, meat shield." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: So, I still got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. This week's episode is brought to you by who, Evalon?
0: Oh, Tweaked Audio's Natural Version 3 Edition earbuds. They're uh, currently thirty nine ninety five on their website, tweakedaudio.com. But with our code off the record, you get them for $26.37. Tweaked Audio Natural uses the finest quality wood and other renewable materials, the heavy density wood produces a higher quality sound and delivers an incredible acoustic experience uh currently I'm using them right now actually for this this podcast. I got my webcam going I don't know if you could see that, but yes indeed, gentlemen i've got wood
4: that's some good wood
0: you like that right? pretty <laughs> impressive <laughs> <laughs> that's that incredible acoustic experience <laughs> uh they
4: have a, I'm they just, have a I'm just on my Macbook is everything working okay yep, yep,
5: all right, good.
0: Uh, they have a gold-plated connection to ensure optimal sound clarity, and a flat, tangle-free cord as well, so they don't kink up or bind up. And a one-line, excuse me, an inline one-button mic with a free storage pouch. Off the record is the code that you need. Drop that price from thirty-nine ninety-five to twenty-six thirty-seven. You'll be saving over ten dollars. Plus, you'll get the free worldwide shipping with that code, and as well as their unbeatable customer service and the lifetime warranty. All at TweetAudio.com.
1: All right, guys. Um, I just want to make a quick mention of something. Uh, I know I have a lot of fans asking me about my book, when is it coming out, that kind of thing. Um, I got word from my, my publisher on Friday.
0: Yeah, what the hell, Joe? It's supposed to be out this month.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, we do have an official target release date now. And it's, okay. po- it's coming out between May 5th and May 11th. And pretty soon there's going to be uh, book trailers coming out for ro- worldwide advertising. To nice. show off the book. Yeah. We're doing uh, technical edit, which is the final editing phase right now. And then we're going to be going into cover and, and design of the book. So it's still got a few months away. But um, soon, guys, in May, it'll be out. Can't wait. And I'm i was looking listening, forward to it. I was listening to some of our old episodes again because we have them all on iTunes finally. <laughs> yeah. And I, I realized I, I haven't said something in a long time, so I'm going to say it right now. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. Oh,
5: yeah. <laughs> Set. <laughs> Set it.
1: And the first thing we're going to do, because he's here waiting patiently, we're going to get into the Matt Grandstaff bash. I mean, question segment. <laughs> <laughs> no
2: comment. No comment. <laughs> Trademark TM. Yeah.
1: All right, I'm going to let you uh, take this
0: away, Yvonne. Oh boy. All right. Um. So I guess. I guess. Um, we've already we've already sort of introduced uh introduced you, and that was one thing that we wanted to cover but uh, take us through like a, a quick normal day of of what you do at work this way some of the listeners can i guess have like an appreciation of of really like what your position is in Bethesda.
4: sure um well quick is wouldn't fall into a normal day normally i'm I'm still here right now until I, I work usually around nine a m to eight p m or so wow how'd you Basically, get
0: how'd you get off so early
4: <laughs> It's mostly, mostly by choice though you know I could go home earlier, but uh, I like to- ke- try to catch up on as many things as possible you know I'm doing everything from uh putting updates on our blog, putting those messages out across social media like i think we i think I have twenty one facebook accounts you know when you look at older games and Studios and Twitter's the same thing. TweetDeck, it's just this long ass line of oh oh, whoops, I just tweeted something about uh, dishonored from Rage and quickly deleting that. I deal a lot with the localization of community content. I don't know if everyone knows, but we now have Beth Blog in four other languages: French, German, yep. and Italian, Spanish. Yep. Uh, I manage over BethSoft.com and making sure that video content's going up there, uh, folks as much as I can these days. It feels like it's been less than I'd like to, um, talking with our moderators, uh, planning ahead things for community events throughout the year, um, community initiatives throughout the year for both active titles and titles we haven't talked about. Um, so there's a lot. Wow. Yeah, so- general feedback on games right now I'm playing, uh, some uh, some stuff for Dishonored that we'll be talking about later, and uh, you know, provide feedback on that. So always busy with something. Sounds like it. Why are yeah. you even
0: here? Jeez. <laughs> you really? Well,
4: yeah. Let
1: me uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I feel like we're imposing
0: on you now.
4: <laughs> uh, no, no, no. This is this is great because then I then I say, well, that's why I wasn't in the forums right now because I was talking to you guys. Right. So it's all good. Uh, and the other, the other big part for me is just a lot of travel, especially when we have a title that's announced and, uh, we're showing it off, whether it's to at a community event like PAX or, uh, somebody says, Hey, Walmart needs to see Skyrim. You need to go out to Arkansas and show them the game. Uh, Todd Howard and Pete Hines can't be everywhere. So I try to cover a lot of those duties as well.
0: Wow. So what was it like showing, showing Skyrim to? To Walmart, like what? What was that like? <laughs> uh,
4: you know, it was. I think that was one of the earlier ones I showed. So, um, what I remember about it is just being nervous. You know, like this is a demo I've watched Todd play. Yeah. X amount of times, and now I'm going to do the the Todd Howard experience. Uh, <laughs> Why is that not a
6: podcast?
4: <laughs> when I was, uh, I guess 2008 uh i had just it was a sunday and i had just proposed to my wife and she had to leave town the next day and which was a little awkward which is why i was trying to get it over with and the next day at work our president goes i need you to go to australia to show fallout 3 for two weeks and I'm
5: like,
4: <laughs> i don't even know if I, I played Fallout at that at that point yet so it's like a lot of rehearsing practicing playing a game and uh <laughs> The, the the first time I, I, I did it was for like 600 people in an auditorium uh, in Brisbane. And right before I went on, I was nervous and I went in the bathroom and somebody had just projectile vomited over the whole bathroom. Oh, um, it was disgusting. But it, it, was, it was a great icebreaker. And, and later in the day, somebody goes, that was me.
5: <laughs> yeah, sorry wow. about that,
0: sir. All right, now that I've seen the lunch that you ate three hours ago, let's kill some people on the video. Oh,
4: <laughs> so uh, wow! Yeah, I mean a little of everything. Uh, that's uh, uh,
0: that's, jeez, man. That's that's an that sounds like an awesome job. I mean, you sound like you go a lot of places, but that's that sounds really awesome. What an adventure! Yeah, it's fun. Um. All right. So I guess what I want to do now is. Some huge, huge information just just came out uh, last week on Friday. Okay, uh, DLC was announced. Uh, Dragonborn was announced for for PC, right? Uh, and PS3. And Dragonborn's going to be coming out uh, for the PS3 as well as Hearthfire and then Dawnguard. All coming out in uh, in February.
4: I need to uh, double check, but I believe I believe it's Dawnguard second, and then Hearth but I don't actually know for sure Okay. Uh, the, other than Dragonborn is first. Uh, but yeah, the other two are coming out after right. in February.
0: Okay. Um, so, I mean, obviously this has been a, a long awaited thing, a long anticipated thing. Uh, certainly we all know about, you know, some of the controversy that was, that was surrounding it. Um, so basically what I want to sort of ask is like, you know, we know that everyone at Bethesda was, was very uh, well aware of, of the repeated requests, For uh, this DLC coming out for PS3, yeah, Um, what was the atmosphere like that week, and then the day of when you actually got the chance to finally say, "Guess what, PS3 fans, it's here! It's coming out! It's going to be next month!" Like, what was the atmosphere like in in Bethesda?
4: Well, you know, it's funny because uh, uh, you know Pete and I, we we see a lot of what people are saying, and, and new people wanted to know when the content's coming out, and a lot of the times my answers. Sound pretty vague. It's soon. It's you know, early 2013, and all those. Uh, uh, you could argue February is a little vague right now, but you know, until that decision's made of what that date is, it's really hard to say something and then go back on it. Like, well, we think it's going to be next month, and then what happens if we say it's next month and it's three months? Um, yeah. So I can tell you, Pete and I were really happy to uh, to be able to to put that news out and hear the response people were excited people were excited about the 50% off Uh, you know the dev team uh, I'm sure they're happy about it but I mean the whole time they've been working on this content there hasn't been a point where they haven't been working on the PS3 content in tandem with what they've been doing on Xbox and PC you know you can't always release them all at the same time but uh, they've been busy with it so you know I think they're happy to finally have all of our fans playing. Yeah.
0: Is it, is it, um, so I guess like, I guess everyone at Bethesda was just like super excited, um, to when, when the, all that was, was, uh, finally announced.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good thing. I mean, we, yeah. we, we want everyone to play it.
1: It's like a relief uh, of pressure.
4: It, it made my day. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, it made mine too.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it, uh, is it, is there a, an answer right now as far as, you know, what what the difference was between the PS3 and then the 360 and the PC as to, like, why it, it had to be worked on so extensively in order for it to be released?
4: I think a big part of it was, um, you know, we released Skyrim over a year ago. And uh, uh, early on, you know, we saw a lot. We saw people that were reporting the issues that they had. And we wanted to do everything we could to fix those issues. And we didn't really want to repeat that, you know, put it out. You know, okay, well, here's Guard, And your experience is going to be like what it was, you know, before we put out a 1.2 or a 1.4 patch. We want to make sure that they're having the best possible experience. Um, so really, that's a big part of it is, you know, getting it to where we're happy with it uh, and think that everybody's going to have a good experience with it.
0: Okay. Uh, now, since we're on the, the uh, subject of DLC, all right. Uh, in your opinion,
5: mm-hmm.
0: what's the best DLC for Skyrim so far, and why?
4: Um, you know, th- this is disappointing for me, um, but I actually... Normally, I try to get done with everything before release.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Sometimes things get in the way, and that doesn't happen. I actually didn't finish Dragonborn until uh, this weekend, I went from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. to finish it. Uh,
5: wow.
4: Or fin- finish it and kind of do other things I hadn't done in Skyrim yet.
1: Um, That's a heck of a job, man. That must be tough. Yeah,
5: right? Right? <laughs> well, no, th- I
4: mean, this was my weekend. My wife was like, the game's over a year old and you're still playing it. And I was like, yeah, but I haven't finished everything. I still haven't I still haven't done the Dark Brotherhood or finished the Thieves Guild what? since having it at home. I've played those. Oh, wow. At- Oh my god. Uh, Playtesting before the game came out. Uh how many hours of Skyrim have you logged? Sorry, let me look at that real quick. Uh the the character I have at home I think just hit ninety-eight hours. So and he's only uh it's a uh Dark Elf and he is a level fifty three.
1: Alright, man, I'm gonna ask you before everyone else jumps on it. What what playstyle?
4: Uh you know, most of the time I'm uh, most of the time i 'm using uh, uh, destruction and uh, and i 'm always healing. I use a lot of restoration uh, i do like uh, i do like the one handed and two handed weapons uh, it 's weird uh, wored i, I don 't know how to to pronounce it the uh, the axe you get in the companions guild I still consistently use that and probably have for like the last 40 50 hours of the game. Wow.
0: I, I I totally understand that as as uh these guys have have poked at me. Um I still wear, you know, uh dwimmer uh, mm-hmm. gear, which is the big, you know, bulky gold uh heavy armor plate set for my uh, my character and he's, you know, 43 I think and that's that's a uh, what level 20ish at least. Cuz it looks pretty. Cuz it looks pretty, yeah. <laughs> Uh, real quick, Matt, off the top of your head, your favorite Elder Scrolls game? Go. Uh,
4: it, it's Skyrim. Wow! Wow! Good I wasn't answer. expecting that. And 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 the big thing for me is, uh, I'll have been at Bethesda for six years in April, mm-hmm. and it's the one game that pretty much I saw it all on. Uh, yeah. You know, from team meetings, from "Hey, we're done with Fallout 3, Here's Skyrim. To okay, the game is wrapped. Fallout Three, I was halfway through. It was halfway through development when I started. Um, uh, you know, I try to play all of them or play as much as I can. I need to go back, uh, seeing Daggerfall is my favorite. I need to go back and play Arena and Daggerfall because I just, my experience with those, yeah, and I was 14, 15 years old, was I got to play them at my friend's house and I had an NES Super Nintendo at my house.
0: <laughs> nice, <laughs> I hear that, yeah. I hear that uh, we just we just started covering these these older games on the show. Uh, this week, I just downloaded successfully uh, and played successfully Daggerfall, um, and I got it. I got Arena and Daggerfall from from your website from the uh, from the Bethesda's website. And I, I imagine that was you that put it on there.
4: Uh, uh, Arena was already on Elder when I started, mm-hmm. um, and then I think it was when we hit the fifteen. 15- uh fifteen year anniversary of the Elder Scrolls, I talked to Todd and we mentioned uh doing Daggerfall and he was like, Yeah, let's let's do uh let's do Daggerfall too. I think wow. he joked something like maybe in fifteen more years or something like that we'll put Morrowind up. But-
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can understand that. The difference between Arena and Daggerfall to Morrowind is just like, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, yeah, and a, and a
4: lot happened between those because then you yeah, also had yeah. uh, Battlespire and Redguard too. I actually j-
5: yeah.
4: just found an open copy of Redguard, um, which I'm just going to inherit now. And I hope it's one that has the uh, – have you heard the story about the map that was in it?
1: No, no. What's uh, this?
4: Back in the old days, apparently uh, a lot of the boxing actually happened downstairs but, uh, oh, lost my train of thought too. Anyways, they <laughs> had the this map that was in the box, and I guess with a select number of them, they decided to go in the parking lot and take a lighter and singe the edges of the oh. So, uh, one of our uh, moderators, uh, Atribus, who's from Australia, and I had a chance to meet him once, he was telling me how excited he was when, uh, when he actually opened a copy of, uh, Red Guard, and it was one of these singed maps.
0: Wow. Oh, my God.
1: That's got to be ridiculous. It's like a yeah. really rare, like, a uh, baseball card, you know? Yeah. Like an error card?
4: Yeah, yeah. A, well, probably not like the Billy Ripken card, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean. You
4: ever seen that one?
1: <laughs> I've heard of it, yeah, when I used to collect baseball cards as a kid.
4: Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, real quick, I wanted to answer this. You worked in the industry. What was the first game that grabbed you? Um god i think it was yar's revenge on atari oh <laughs> yeah, i remember that one Raiders of the lost ark on atari which was just uh it was like david lynch's game it was just so abstract and pitfall was so much better
0: the, the blue velvet of the lost highway of video gaming <laughs> <laughs> The twin peaks of video gaming <laughs> Alright, um, so we, we know there's more DLC scheduled this year from Bethesda, uh, especially for, for Skyrim. Uh, can we expect Xbox 360 exclusives and then PC PS3 release after that? Or will there be like simultaneous releases going forward for all three platforms?
4: Well, what I would say is we haven't announced anything at the point Right. Uh, of what we're doing. We're still working on some stuff for Skyrim, but what that is and how big it is... Um, we haven't gotten into anything like that, so, you know, stay tuned and I'll I'll, I'll let you guys know. And, and in okay. terms of, of where it releases, I, I don't have the answer to that right now. Fair All
1: right. Enough.
3: While we're talking DLC, can I ask my questions? I have, like, one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing with DLC is, uh, do you have any plans, or have you even just heard people whispering about possibility of multiplayer support? For Skyrim,
4: uh, I mean, there's nothing currently planned like that right now. Um, it would be really cool to see, but uh, um, and like I said before, yeah, I'm just not at a point where I can talk about what is being done with Skyrim right now. Other than the guys are still working on it.
3: Okay, I'm gonna hope that that was actually a yes, and we'll just go from there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you
4: can, you can hope that you want. <laughs>
3: Um, another thing, have you ever come across a mod that was just so useful or good that it was actually involved in the development of a DLC or even included in DLC?
4: I think some of the, I'm probably going to say one and I'm going to be wrong and somebody's going to tell me, no, we actually thought of that. Um, I do remember we had somebody playing Skyrim, um, before we had announced it and we were talking with him. And, uh, we were talking about mods. I think it was Deadly Reflexes that Todd was saying was the mod that influenced them. And I don't remember what the actual mod was, but it wasn't Deadly Reflexes that Todd was thinking of. It was something like Deadly Reflexes. Uh, I think Hearthfire, some of the stuff we, we saw that people wanted to do, uh, some of that came from, you know, the ideas of modders. There's times when I think I'll get an email from somebody and they're, they're like, is that really a Ghostbusters reference? That
5: today.
4: <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, there's 100 plus people on the team. So I'm like, well, I can't always go over to Todd and say, hey, was that a Ghostbusters reference? And, you know, he's a busy guy. Um, so a lot of the times I just answer with a, hey, you know, <laughs> we're influenced by a lot of stuff. So it's possible that it happened.
3: Well, that's cool. Um, speaking on mods, are there
4: any that you personally love? Uh, you know, one of the ones that I thought was really cool uh, that I looked at was uh, actually from my coworker Nick Brecken. Uh, he did this uh, flower mod where you just kind of had a wand, and everywhere you went, you kind of just made things beautiful <laughs> with flowers. <laughs> uh, there was there was one I saw. I never downloaded it because my so I have the problem of my wife is very fond of Macs, and we end up doing those. And so those are in the living room. So I'm usually playing Xbox or PlayStation at home mm-hmm. or um, So when I'm at the office, I just got a new PC. But the last time I tried to install a mod through the workshop was this crazy-ass thing where trains came down from the sky and just caused explosions. <laughs> have you ever seen that one? What? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds all, ridiculous. Miss that one. I there trains in Skyrim, but I was watching the video and I was like, I have to have this. And on the PC, I was on the performance was just completely ruined. Uh, if you go on game, yeah, it's Gamespot.com. They did weekly our favorite mods. Uh, it was probably March or April that this train thing showed up, and it was just crazy. <laughs>
0: That sounds unbelievable.
4: Train rain is that the actual name? I'm just looking at the chat. Train, Train rain. Train rain.
2: If it's chat not, room knows
0: everything, you can trust the chat room.
4: If it's not, it should be.
2: It's <laughs> 8:45 yeah. bound for <laughs> Falkreath. There it uh, goes.
3: <laughs> my my last thing that I I actually wrote down. It's not really a uh, question. It's more of a please do this now. Is I I would love to see the old games remade with the Skyrim graphics do you think that could ever be a possibility or,
4: um, I I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I know that a lot of the times, uh, when I've received that exact question, uh, talking with folks, there's always the the thought of, well, we're looking to move forward. If, if we were remaking Morrowind, say, you know, that, that wouldn't be a, uh, a small task. And what does that mean for whatever planned projects they, they were thinking of going forward with? um, so, I mean, if you looked at Morrowind now, uh, there, there'd be a lot of things that you would want to change to put it on par, uh, with like, say, the combat of Skyrim or, uh, the accessibility of the menu pulling up. Right. But still, I'd buy the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Please take my money now. <laughs> yeah.
5: Pretty much.
4: <laughs> Please. And just as that happened, somebody, uh, I saw ESO in the chat and, you know, that's one of the cool. Things with Elder Scrolls Online at this point is that a lot of that stuff you're going to be able to revisit, and uh, you know, it's it's not going to be the same experience, but it's going to be a new experience, but still kind of have that nostalgia that you know you got from Arena or Daggerfall or Morrowind.
0: Uh, well, um, if that's if that's a Dave, then um, yeah. maybe what we'll do is we'll just throw out some of these questions here that we got from our uh, our, our Twitter campaign. Uh, we got really excited about having you on the show, Matt, and I know a lot of our our followers on Twitter were excited too. So we we created the hashtag #AskGStaff, uh, and uh, just to see if anyone out there would would have some questions for you. And uh, so off the list, we're gonna we're gonna ask a few. Um, so number one comes from uh, Manavin, and she says, "As a European, uh, this is an ESO related question, by the way, Matt." Okay. All right. Uh, as a European, will I be able to play ESO with people from North America?
4: My understanding with that is with um, – and I can check with uh, Joe and Jess over at uh, Zenimax Online. My understanding is with the mega servers that the answer is yes to that.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, you you kind of Skyped if, out if, on us.
4: I believe the answer is yes. Um, I the the, is the, yes. Mega, the mega server – I hope I didn't say mega texture. That's where. Rage Uh, (laughs) the mega servers that you should be able to do that.
0: Okay, should should be able to. Not, of course, nothing is concrete. Let's just caveat all of these ESO questions with uh, that. That you know, Matt does answer. Please, please, please. Nothing can be taken to the bank at this point. We're not even in it yet.
3: (laughs) No, he. Not only, I'm first off. I'm expecting a worldwide mega server as well. I'm expecting free Morrowind in uh, 2028.
4: So I'm expecting a few things already. <laughs> We're gonna do another home alone game then too. So <laughs> oh
0: my god. <laughs> uh alright. I got another one here. Um
4: twenty twenty eight. I'm just gonna go there now.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Home alone game. That would be you
3: know what? Do a home alone game where it's like you have to set your own traps, that would be neat.
0: Alright, yeah. no, no, Dave, no. Let's <laughs> Uh, Titanus asks, uh, "What are your favorite races and factions? And do you put butter on your sweet rolls?"
4: <laughs> Can you butter your sweet rolls?
1: I don't know. Huh, that's a good question. <laughs> Coming next, DLC.
4: Um, I, I, honestly, I have always played it as a dark elf. It's just yeah, how, it's just how I started, and that's how I've always gone. There you go. I don't know if I really have a good answer for that, other than I. Just don't see myself being a Khajiit and playing in third person looking at a Oh, ca-
0: Brago, cover your ears. Oh. Don't- <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's right, Matt. See I-, I rock the dark elf too. You know what that means? Virtual high five. Ready?
7: <laughs> yeah.
3: Nice.
1: Oh leave it to Dave.
0: <laughs> leave it to Dave. Alright. Uh so when ESO comes out, Matt, I mean, you know, I'll marry Dominion, Evan Hartpack, what you know, Daggerfall Covenant, what do you think?
4: I don't know. I think I'm just. I, I think I'm going to have to do all of them just out of necessity, you know, for work. So yeah, uh, you know. I'm not going to choose an alliance just yet.
1: You're going to join the Eldest Rolls Guild, right, or the Off Record Guild? <laughs> yeah, why not? You Sweet.
4: No, the funny thing is, is uh, I've played a lot of games through the years, uh, um, and I've dabbled with WoW. Um, but when, by the time I got to WoW, um, it was something where most of my friends weren't really playing it anymore. And I've had the good fortune of knowing that this game has been coming for uh, uh, five years, you know, because I heard about it within the first year I was working on the job. So I was, I've always kind of just taken it as, you know what, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for ESO and play that.
1: You know, that would drive me nuts knowing that it was coming five years in advance. Oh, my God. Yeah.
5: It's That's like enough. knowing
1: the day you die. That would be horrible.
5: Well, I know uh, it's bad.
1: I, enough. I, I have to wait, you know, many months yet.
4: Yeah, <laughs> we're almost there, though. You're getting Good a lot man.
1: closer. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: We're in the year of ESO. Uh, <laughs> all right. One last question from the uh, the, the from uh, Ask SG staff on Twitter. Uh, this comes from I am and she asks: I know PvP will play a big part in ESO, but is there any way to cooperate and communicate across factions?
4: I think I just heard the answer to that, but I don't know it offhand. Uh, if if you want to email me that one, I'll see if I can get an answer from uh, Matt or Joe or someone. If everyone's already writing it,
0: yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <going to talk.
4: laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Anyway, I give away some Skyrim shirts.
1: Oh yeah,
4: <laughs> I, I found these on my desk today, so I have a a small, medium, and large. So. I thought I had XL, and I didn't. Um, But do we have a game we want to just give away some shirts? They come in this uh, little box here. Wow. They got the logo. It's actually supposed to look like a matchbox. I guess (laughs) the dragons have fire. (laughs) I can tell you that Christina Aguilera has one of these shirts as well from the Skyrim Hollywood launch party.
0: Oh, Oh, my.
4: Somebody's going to feel real special. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's, Does Christina Aguilera play Skyrim?
4: Uh, let's hope so.
0: Let's hope, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, I think I want the small one. I could probably sew it to one of my normal size shirts.
4: Wait <laughs> a second. On the you're giving them away. I can find them. <laughs> Shank had
1: actually a good idea. We could do a little uh, lore game with the chat.
0: Exactly. And we have the perfect no, person. Shank's in
1: there. Well, Shank is excluded. He's a staff member. So All right, there. so
0: maybe maybe what we could do is uh uh have have them whoever whoever wins uh just email us your your um your address that we can we can send these out to and then
4: you'll and get it to me and I'll send it out. Yeah. Does that work for everyone? Works
0: for right. me. Hey, Joe, what do you think? That
1: sounds perfect. And Lou, you are going to be the master of ceremonies. <laughs>
4: okay. And you you might just want to preface it with uh maybe do one at a time. Yeah. Small, medium, and large, so the people that want a small, medium, or large will only answer the question they need. We're I'll gonna... send it to Europe if it need be. No problem there.
0: Wow. So um, we're gonna start with so, small. Wow. huge. Yeah, this is awesome. So uh first time live in the chat room we're we're actually giving away prizes thanks to good old good old Matt from from Bethesda. All right, Lou, you got some questions for us? We need three questions.
5: Hmm.
1: Okay, we're gonna three start with a small question for the small shirt. <laughs> 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 you know, large being the most popular size, well that would be a big question.
0: Why don't we start with today's date in uh, on gentlemen. the Skyrim calendar? Everyone should know that if they follow the Twitter. What's that today's is, date on the Skyrim ah, that's too calendar? Easy. <laughs> well it's easy. it's a it's a small. Right? So first person in the chat room to say today's today's day and month. You know, whether what the, the day of the week and the month out of the year, you get the, you get the small shirt.
3: Do they also have to give any Nord drinking excuses? I mean, uh,
2: <laughs> holidays?
0: No Nord drinking excuses, no.
2: words <laughs> don't need an excuse to drink.
0: Damn straight, but it helps. That's
2: right.
1: <laughs> going in three, two. Well, I got a delay of the chat room here, so that's going
0: to take a second for him to respond. Right. 24th of Morningstar. Robin. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Rapid had actually the day in there. Turdos, Morning Star the twenty fourth. Rapid and or he's our winner. Or she. There you go. Wow, really? I'm 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 impressed. I so, can't even scroll down
3: and
1: find the dang thing fast enough from what you put up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Rapid, is. send us an email at ellisrollsofftherecord at gmail dot com with your address and proof it's you. And we will send that off to Matt, who will send you the goodies. All right, we got a medium question. Matt, do you want to ask this one?
4: Nope. Ah, okay, Okay. fair enough.
1: (laughs) I I can't remember my own name. I respectfully bow out. (laughs) I can't remember my own name, so I couldn't ask any questions.
4: My medium question would actually be like a triple X small. So we're just
2: going to – I'm going to leave it to you guys.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Lou, you got one?
2: Sure, let's make this, well, not so hard, because, you know, we do want someone to win. Right. Okay. <laughs> in Skyrim, you come across these little quest stones. Berenziah stones. How many do you have to collect to complete the quest?
1: Oh, I know those stones, the little glowy ones in the, in the box.
2: Mm-hmm. How many? T-
0: 24, oh, right
1: no.
2: off the bat.
0: Ouch, Warrior TV with 24 snapped, Like the whole wow. chat room went boom. Yeah, it's yeah.
4: not first. Couch,
0: couch warrior, warrior. Tw- uh, Couch warrior TV.
4: Okay, all right. All right. Zip along. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, Zip along. You get a shirt too. I see you first too.
1: Oh wow, That's interesting delay because we got from what I see, Varwin sees, it was couch,
0: but Zip. Yeah. So all right, maybe I should be right. Zip
4: I'll get them. There you go.
0: Zip along.
4: <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe I shouldn't be making the rules, but that's what I saw on the Mac version of the game. So all right,
1: Shank, give me your difficult question through Skype, man.
4: I've got a question now. Too, oh, if you want one.
1: Oh, mascot one. Sweet. Yeah. All right, all man. Right.
4: This one was random, so it's gonna—you're just gonna have to guess. What Elder Scrolls game was? Do we have Upstairs on a PlayStation 2 disc that was never released? Oh. It would play in a PS2.
1: Oh, I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, Morrowind came out. We got Oblivion, Daggerfall, Arena,
4: Redguard. Titanis. was close, but, well, I'm going to have to go to the, you guys can be the judge on this. Was, did Battle Spires have Adventures in the title? No, but we did get a Spire before you said that. I see. The answer is Redguard, so okay. I don't know if it, Adventures counts or not. I'll leave that to you guys. We
1: did get Redguard as an answer.
4: Yes, we did get Redguard after that. Who, who do you have for Redguard?
1: J90-090-S90.
4: Okay, that's, that's the answer I was looking for. So that is the winner.
1: <laughs> All right, J90, congratulations. So I believe that's all we got, correct?
4: That's all we got. Sweet, wow. that was awesome, I have Matt. a, I have a keychain that says "Dick" on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's not go with that.
5: <laughs> like, somebody gave and, and thought I'd
4: get mad or something, and it went right on the keychain.
5: So,
4: somebody wants that. that. <laughs> I think we're probably calling it a day.
5: Yeah, I don't know
0: about that. It's—I uh, mean, you know, it could be me, but I think that might be a little lore-breaking for us. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, of course, someone's willing to, you know, at Bethesda release a, a DLC that says, "Don't be a dick."
2: <laughs> don't be a dick. What are you doing? <laughs>
1: what are you doing?
2: <laughs> don't be a Skyrim, Richard. Come I'll on, now. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, guys. Uh, Matt, are you gonna hang out with us for a little longer, or do you gotta run?
4: Yeah, we can for a little bit
1: longer. All right, we got some uh, big news. Also came out this week, and that was the whole announcement of the beta coming out for Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I think Twitter literally imploded on itself when this announcement hit. I noticed right away that Elder Scrolls Online was trending in Twitter right after that announcement hit. <laughs> so it was a big, big deal. Um, with uh, with uh, it came in tandem with a new video. Which people are calling a mini movie which I think is an accurate statement on it called the alliances at War I gotta say Matt that what you guys did with that video was the best video game trailer I have ever seen
4: nice thank you that, uh, it was a uh, it was great seeing and it from its uh from its infancy to uh when it finally came out this week uh, I, I remember uh, I mean those, th- th- those trailers take a long time to make and oh uh, they do. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw the uh, elf and saw her face and just how real it looked. Oh and my god, yeah. And a clear version. I was like, wow, that's that's taking it to another level. I think so.
1: my sixth time watching it, I was like, I gotta meet this girl. Even though
4: I know she's not real, I gotta <laughs> meet her. She's just hot. <laughs> it's like yeah. that. It's but, like on... Did any um, of you guys see the tra- trailer before you knew there was beta and found out the beta through the end of the trailer? Or did you already know? Oh, uh, we already knew. Okay.
1: Yeah. That was only because you know <laughs> I was at work, and thank God Yevarovin was off, and my phone exploded as soon as the news hit the internet. I mean, exploded. So right away, me and Yevarovin were in communication, trying to get our news all wrapped around it. So uh, we knew <laughs> as soon as it hit and it was oh, made yeah. public.
0: Yeah, without um, a doubt, we've got we've got a whole uh, a whole team of of news writers that include uh, you know Joe Bradford brian armstrong and uh and and shank and um these guys are they're on the money they are on top of everything if um you know i mean matt if, if you if you say it at work if uh the community guys over at zoss say it we know they're the guys matt said.
1: that have the, the, the creepy guys across the street with the binoculars always watching you guys
0: through the window yeah that's us
3: <laughs> <laughs> have you ever noticed someone ever stealing your toilet paper
0: that's,
4: that's us. <laughs> that's <Dave>. <laughs> <laughs> Keep with me, Yes, that's us. One day, not not today. Remind me to tell you the t- toilet paper story. It's terrifying. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, then there was tell, none of it. I, I won't tell that one here today. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's great the way that you follow us uh, and are always posting everything uh, right away. Um, I'm going to have to catch you off guard at some point, take some Red Bull in that, like, 2.45 in the morning on a Sunday.
0: (laughs)
1: We'll still catch it, man. (laughs)
4: We'll catch it.
0: (laughs) That's usually when we're playing these games. (laughs) Bring it, Matt. Bring it.
1: All right. (laughs) All right, so obviously the beta has hit the sign-ups for it, not the actual beta itself. I think this is one of the key factors that we've got uh, hundreds of comments based on this already and emails and Twitters about this and I'm sure you guys have probably gotten thousands but people are like oh, why haven't I got my beta invite yet well what's going on and we have had to explain to people that from what we have seen by little nuggets that you guys have put out whether it be the, uh, the Q&A you've done for the beta or tweets that it's going to be at least a minimum of two weeks away before closed beta hits
4: Yeah, I mean, once uh, once we're at a point where we're doing the closed beta, we're gonna say something like, "Hey guys, be on the lookout for an invite in your inbox," because you know sometimes you might get an email and it's trapped in your spam. And if we never told you to be on the lookout, then you might never see it. Uh, Mine
3: actually went to spam. My confirmation for signing up, it did. So yeah, I I know what you're talking about.
4: Yeah, so so definitely. uh, Check your spam now and then, but but there will be a point where uh, you won't have to ask us. Uh, Did you send out invites yet? We'll 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 put something out. There'll be something on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if there'll be a news post on uh, where it'll be. Elder Scrolls Online or Beth Blog or um, probably Twitter too. But we'll let everybody know.
0: All right, guys. So so perk your ears up. News news exclusive here on Elder Scrolls off the record. All right, they are going to send out. Information. They're going to let you know.
1: Yeah, what that my Skype cut out again, but Vaughn was saying via Twitter or
4: other sources, I believe.
0: Yeah, other other news channels.
4: We'll we'll make it when when we answer anything. You know, a lot of times taking the uh, DLC questions, I would get for an example, uh, somebody sends me a PM in our forums or a direct message on Twitter, "Hey, what's the latest?" And it's like, and I'm not going to break news. Here, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be where everyone sees it. It's gonna be, you know, I'm gonna put the bat signal out, and and it's gonna say DLC on it. Uh, we'll
1: give you our logo. Think- that way, we can immediately get in response to spread the word. Yeah, so you put it on one of those little lights too. Nice. Yes, OTR light. Go. Ivaron <laughs> will swoop in on his black cape and pink tie. That's right.
0: With my cat. With Brando I
1: his um, so the normal phasing of beta usually starts with closed beta and closed beta is normally a very limited amount of people based on whatever the needs you guys are testing at that time. Correct?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the size of that'll, will change over time, but yeah. it'll be like, Hey, Friday, we're doing this. And then, uh, Friday at eight thirty, and then two weeks later, there could be something completely different. Yeah, uh, that be that you'd be testing a different starting point in the game or something like that.
1: Um I'm going to hold. You see, when we were out there, we we pestered the crud out of you guys, me and Ivarwin did, about beta, and we got confirmation from a lot of staff members. Yeah, you guys are going to get in beta. We promise. So I'm holding you to that, Matt. <laughs> okay. All right.
2: Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> he's at the hotel bar after like five or six drinks in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good.
0: This awkward pause brought to you by TweetAudio.com. <laughs> 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 if you can hear the uh, the questioning hand gestures of Matt throwing his hands up in the air and shaking his head, you've got TweetAudio earbuds.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just messing with you, Matt, even though that was true, <laughs> but still. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about beta before we get into the the whole breakdown of the video?
4: No, no. I mean that's the big thing. People are wanting to know when they're going to get in or how many people are going to get in. Right. Um, and and that's all that'll all be revealed later. And then obviously as we get closer to a via Mac version of The Elder Scrolls Online.
1: Mac version for the win. Even though I don't like Macs, but still for those people who do play on Macs, that was a good move on your guys' part. Yeah. Already Very good move. There. Alright, so the Alliance at War video, like I said earlier, was five and a half minutes of pure awesome, which for me turned out to be like 45 minutes how many times I watched it.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, the uh, the Alliance at War video was uh, the video presented by by Lauren Schick, who's the the lead lore master at at Zoss. Oh, okay. Yes,
4: that's that's correct. This is the the Alliance cinematic trailer. Yeah, the Alliance cinematic was what I was referring to.
1: Yeah. yeah. The Alliance at war. Yeah. Okay. My brain just got messed up right there. <laughs> Too many videos. Did well, you
4: guys catch the PC Gamer uh, headline about the Alliance at War uh, story or video?
0: Mm-mm. No, we didn't catch that one.
4: You hear me? Yeah. What, uh,
0: what did PC Gamer have to say?
4: Go to. You just said the headline's hilarious. Just go PC Gamer Alliance at War. Google that.
0: Okay. I'm actually. I'm literally doing this right now. <laughs> alliance at war. <laughs> Sorry about the keystrokes. <laughs> there you go.
4: You should. I hope you find it.
0: PC gaming alliance. Mm. I'm. I'm often terrible at this, though. I've got something on Eve. Eve online war. Missa Pantera.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't get anything. Oh well. Nah. All right, I found it. It is. Don't film me now. Computer. Okay, don't don't film me now. Real life human wizard lays down the lore in the Elder Scrolls Online dev diary. (laughs) (laughs) They have an editor, right? Yeah, it's pretty. It's funny, but uh, I mean Lawrence is awesome. He knows his stuff. I actually uh, was on an email exchange with him the other day. And I thought I misheard what he said in the video.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It was one of those things where I had convinced myself I had heard that he had said the Cyrodiil. And I was like, it's not the Cyrodiil. That's like saying the Washington, D.C. <laughs> and and I was like, yeah, you got you to gotta work on that. And then I realized, no, I was just hearing things. And he had it right. So, he had it right. <laughs> yeah.
5: Whoops.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a great video. I mean the the amount of lore that that came out of it was just was just unbelievable. And this whole thing explains uh the alliance at war video explains you know um what the the various factions motives are for going to war with each other in ESO and they're all completely different. Like you wouldn't think that you know the the Aldmeri Dominion would would you know go to war just to simply in quotes you know, kick the humans out because they're the ones that that built the uh, the tower in in Cyrodiil in the first place, and it's everything is just getting mismanaged. So let's go in there and, and clean things up a bit. Um, but but sure enough, there it is, and that's one of the the major motives for for the uh, Elden Mary Dominion. Um, but Joe, you're you're uh, you're trying to talk about the the uh, the the beta trailer, the cinematic. Well,
1: I actually want to talk about the Alliance at War first because that came out first, and it really. It played, it actually detailed a lot of the, uh, why each of the factions are going to war and what their motivation for it was and wh- why they're doing it. And that was actually very, very interesting for me. It helped me decide what faction that I would like to play, and I think we've actually decided what our guild faction is going to be finally. But, um, I thought it was really cool. What were your guys' thoughts on that? I'm really interested in hearing Lou's impression on it. Well, Not everybody at once. <laughs>
2: It's a – that that whole piece by Lauren Schick was amazing because being a lore addict myself, first of all, any chance at getting more lore from any source, from Bethesda to the next online, is great. But when I first saw that trailer, I was amazed at how – I guess for lack of a better phrase – how real the motivations can appear to the player mm-hmm. for deciding each of the factions. Oh, okay. very much You can, much can so. actually put yourself in an Argonian's you – know, place or an an orcs place and say, Yeah, you know what, if I was playing that race, like I've been playing in Skyrim or in Oblivion or Marwind, I can totally see exactly their motivation, like why they would want to join this alliance, why they feel the need to go to war.
1: It's right.
2: it's it, 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 it's a believable, I guess, reason to go to war.
1: Well you we gotta look at it like this is that one of the biggest draws of Elder Scrolls is that's the one of the most, if not the most, lore rich video game series of all time. And when you—that's one of the biggest draws for it. So when you play, when you give these different factions a deep story that really plays in that lore, that's any anyone who's played Elder Scrolls or is a fan of Elder Scrolls, that's going to be a big determining factor on where they're going to play.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. We have right people know. asking, where, "What faction is QG going to be in?" I can tell you that after watching that video, I was I was a hundred percent Hard Pack because I wanted to be a Nord. Um... After after playing Skyrim, now you know I, I feel comfortable there. It's sort of you know, dumping hundreds of hours into Skyrim sort of feels like a home. And we also uh, play from that. home, and you know like that's what I want to do. But after watching that, now I'm like, gee, I don't know if I want to be the Elde Mary Dominion or not. Like that's kind of cool. <laughs>
1: well, that's what we decided now. All my characters
2: on. are Nord, but you know for this, I'm planning to play you know to play Elde Mary Dominion.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna announce that right now, guys. We've Mostly, ninety-nine percent decided on being a married dominion for the uh, quest gaming Networks guild. <sighs> Suck it up, Dave.
3: be <laughs> I don't want to hear it.
1: Well, that was a big determining factor. Was playing the alpha was why I wanted to originally continue where I left off with my dragon knight. You know, I
0: I uh I agree with you.
2: Right, but then again, if you're like me with altitis, you know, unabashed and and you know, blatant altitis, I'll have characters in every. <laughs> every faction
0: without a doubt i mean i i can guarantee you that you know matt i i i myself am going to be you know playing uh pretty much every every faction every race as well but um you know because i i i love I, I just like i said skyrim feels like a home away from home for me uh i i can't i can't see myself not making a nord yeah <laughs> yeah
5: but,
4: and part of that you know maybe we can join up because i i'd want to be a dark elf but uh
0: same here. Same
4: here. Uh, you know, I, I see the the one story that caught me uh, on the Elder Scrolls Online website, the uh, the story of Iron, the leader, yes, of Mary Dominion. That's that's my favorite bit that we've put out so far, kind of on background of the game. I think her story is awesome. So it's one of those things where you know, from a lore standpoint, I could see myself being more interested there.
0: Without a doubt, she's. I mean, Lou, you covered that story absolutely beautifully in your lore section, and and I, I think every. You know, we all kind of joke around at the very at the very beginning of this thing. We always kind of you know snicker because we don't know how to pronounce all the all the, uh, the you know the names and the places. But by the end of it, we were just like you know glued to to what Lou was saying. We we're like.
4: <laughs> no, I always I always question, however, I'm pronouncing anything, even if I have it right.
0: Um, Matt, maybe we, uh, maybe you can kind of, you know, put it in um, in Matt Byron, and Paul Sage's ear and just say, you know, hey, you know, uh, everyone's really hoping uh, cross faction guilds could be a thing.
4: I'll, I'll have them tuned into the podcast. Time stamp it now. <laughs> Matt, can you hear
5: him? <laughs>
1: Alright, so the next thing I want to get into is the other video that, when I was referring to earlier, that stunned me was the um, beta release trailer. Yes. And, wow. Wow. It was funny, is I had my son and he's 12 years old, and I had my brother 20, he's 20 years old, watch the video. My brother peed his pants. Um, (laughs) And as soon, this is the best part, as soon as the Rogue character came in screen, my son kept on saying, "Dad, it's you,
2: Dad. You're in this trailer." <laughs> <laughs> Except you're not a red guard. He's.
1: He <laughs> has to say I was flattered. Um, what a, what an awesome video. I mean, amazing. Everything about it, the magic, the character. Oh, I loved the end with them circling each other, yep. preluding to the logo.
0: That was yeah,
5: clever. That's a
4: little yes. bit of.
0: A little bit of magic right there, right? Yep. Yep. Great, Joe. Uh, do you mind if I do uh, a little little blurb we got written up here on the notes? Oh, um, yeah, go for it, man. Because you know, because the the trailer is so amazing, and it's like an action movie. I got this whole thing all planned out. So ZeniMax Online also debuted their beta sign-up trailer, a full throttle, action-packed, no apologies, no holds barred, squaring off of representatives from each faction, duking it out in an intense, heart-throbbing thrill ride. Okay, it's just awesome. All right, go see it at com. Very good. I'm
1: going to probably put some kind of trailer music behind you while I'm doing that (laughs) on the actual edit. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh... We also had an – actually, we had an email from a listener by the name of Stephen, Stephen T, re- regarding his impressions of that video. And I thought he did a very good breakdown of what he saw in the video. And I wanted to read that out really quick. Um, he says, hello to all the other Scrolls Off Record hosts, but most of all, Dave, because you're a beast. Okay, no, we're, n- and we're not going yes, to read so the email anymore. We're, we're done with Steve. He lost it <laughs> Wow, right there. really? I finally get some praise <laughs> around here and we're going to – you know what? I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> all right, fine, fine, Steve. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> As you all probably know, Zenimax Online and Bethesda announced their beta sign up for ESO. Um, duh. All right. Uh-huh. But I want to talk more about the trailer and start and starting off with the Nord uh, with the, Nord, the Dunmer and the Argonian. Best race ever, sorry shank. Sorry shank. And the werewol- and the werewolves look BA. But the most important part is that they were in a dungeon uh, a dungeon under Cyrodiil, so this gives me the curiosity that there may... I'm having issues reading this. Dave, continue. Yeah. That there may be PvP and PvE dungeons in
3: Cyrodiil, mm-hmm. and that there is more beyond Cyrodiil than all-out PvP war. Do you want to stop there or continue? Continue. Then, when the Altmer is fighting the Imperials, which also suggests to me that when you are attacking forts which are not controlled, yet you have... Yet you have to fight Imperials, which are AI. While out in Cyrodiil, you will normally come across groups of Imperial soldiers. Randomly. So a battle... What's up? Randomly. Yes, randomly come across groups of Imperial soldiers. So a battle for a fort can be up to a four-way battle between the Aldmeri Dominion, Daggerfall Covenant, and the Hard Pack. And that's saying, including the random soldiers that hop into the fray as well. Also, I think that the highlight of the trailer for me was the shot of Cyrodiil with the white gold tower in the background. Yes. Yes. Yeah,
2: that was amazing. Yes.
3: (laughs) Lastly, I want to talk about the Breton as an assassin, which is saying to everyone who doesn't believe this is a true Elder Scrolls game, that yes, you can be whatever you want to be and there are no limitations. Yeah!
1: That was the best part of the email right there. There you go.
3: Unless... Unless you're a Khajiit, in which case you're still a, a sand pooper because oh. you know it's. <laughs> <cheap>. I just <laughs> I just want to ask you guys this: What was your highlight of the trailer? And have you signed up for beta? Hope to see you all in the beta, and I hope Zenimax accepts bribes to get in. <laughs>
0: Bye from Stephen. Matt, what what was your what was your highlight of the trailer, Matt?
4: Uh, you know, I'm trying to think through. Um... At one point, uh, I was going through for YouTube and trying to pick the thumbnails that would be like the background when you don't hit play. I decided to go with the simple sign up for beta, so it's almost like, hey, don't forget <laughs> yeah. uh, when it goes over. Um, but the first one I looked at was the, uh, the shot when you hit the top there and you see the Imperial City. Um, so that's a cool part of the trailer for me. The thing that's funny to me now... And I guess I just never caught on to it uh, in the process of that video being made. It's just the fact that the last video we did at E3 ended with the door opening up, yes. and that's the beginning of this trailer. I never picked up on that until I think the day I was uploading it on YouTube. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, awesome.
0: yeah uh, that was one of the things that I I had happened to uh, I had happened to notice. And I, I just thought the continuity of that. No one does that. And the best part is no one expects it. And right. yet it was there. So it, go, it just goes to show you like the the uh, amount of attention to detail that there is on the Zoss team for this game.
5: Yeah.
4: Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, they get it. Yeah.
0: So. Without a doubt. Uh, for me in particular, I, 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 like, I like the whole... The way the whole thing was was filmed, in that it, it's just so consistent. You know, you've got the elves crawling up the tower, and then the camera show goes all the way up the tower, and it comes over, and all of a sudden now you're in the perspective of the people fighting on top of the tower. Yeah, and like I like I liked all of that, but I think one of my favorite parts of, of it all was um, definitely when the assassin was was doing his his legless thing, you know, <laughs> jumping from bridge to bridge. Uh, but when the when the werewolf jumps out, explodes out of the ground, right?
5: Right. Yeah. You've
4: totally forgotten that that was going to happen. Uh,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, by that time, it was like, you wh- they what's had, happening now? Those guys. I, I like the fact that I'm thinking that the werewolf is actually going to attack those guys, but no, he was actually escaping the Nords below. And they- <laughs> yeah,
2: he's trying to run away. He's like, God, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait my I'm getting out of here now.
0: <laughs> that was my best
5: favorite.
4: I, funny, I was looking at an early take of the video, and I can't remember when this was, but um, so the Nord comes out with the werewolf. Remind me, is he he comes out first, or you see the werewolf come out first? The werewolf comes so, out the werewolf
5: first. Springs
3: up and tries. To, it's running towards the elf and the Bosmer that are standing out there, or the Breton. Sorry, the Breton and the the elf. Yeah, he so gets dragged early, back in.
4: It just looks like you see the werewolf shoot out, and then he just, like, basically falls right back from where he came from. But you don't see why it's happening. It mm-hmm. just looks like a, like a fish jumping out of the water and go back in. I was like, what, what is that? What is that even supposed to mean? And, like, <laughs> then they explain to me. I was like, oh, that's why it's early. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> To me, when I saw that moment, the werewolf coming out, and I, I could just picture his eyes, like, in some cartoon cartoon fashion getting five times bigger. As he realizes that his feet te- his feet were grabbed by the Nord, he's trying oh, to escape from. Yeah, it's kind of and getting dragged back <laughs> in. His, in his eyes. <laughs> For me, it had to be when they f- when they first showed the assassin. Right after the archer on the tower gets shot with the arrow, and it pans over the assassin. That was just the look of that guy, the armor he was wearing. Ba, yeah. and then everything that happened with him after. Okay, my
3: favorite part of the trailer and I know that it was a long trailer so I'm I'm I know I feel bad for picking something right at the very beginning but the dark elf who just looks like a total BA with his staff and he just waves it and the <laughs> the magic ah just going down that hall was like you know yeah ESO take me now right just just game money.
0: Yeah. the yeah. lighting effects were unreal yeah game nice. like set match my wallet just flew open it was great.
5: <laughs> I'm on it now. Take it.
0: <laughs> what about you, Lou? What was your what was your favorite part?
2: Uh my favorite part was when we first fly to the elves, climbing that wall.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: When I first saw the pan shot when it drew up, you know, when you see it go from the Nord up and up, it's like, alright, yeah. I see a fortress wall, what's going on? All of a sudden the switch perspective, like, oh my god. They're actually scaling the wall.
0: They're scaling the ward. Yeah, it's like
2: this is amazing because I know that's been uh, that, that's supposed to be uh, possible. I guess the he mechanic in Cyrodiil that you can actually scale uh, fortress walls to attack the other factions or attack the the AI yeah. that's made in that fortress, and to actually see that come to fruition, saying oh look at that and oh that dude just took two arrows of the chest that sucks for him <laughs> or when the mage reached
1: over and disintegrated those three guys on the on the rock face
2: yeah, yeah. And to see yeah. that that—that like that shows that wow not only they're showing what's possible you know they're just teasing like yeah th- you, you can do this or this is something you might be able to do in the future come and then th- you know flash that shot of seeing the white gold tower in the background saying yeah this is exactly why we're showing this video this is what they're all doing here yeah. Yeah, that that was my, my favorite moment.
0: Just a total, it's a total BA trailer. And uh, what are they doing with the trailer? They're just saying, hey guys, Beta's up. It's coming. <laughs> beta's coming. I can't wait to see what's coming out next. Oh, God.
4: They'll <laughs> lots of stuff. Matt's well, well, like, Matt, just Matt, wait, just wait, guys. Hold
2: on. <laughs> I, ask you th- I mean, will you, will, uh, going to be you know unveiling more of these types of trailers, I guess uh going to more interest and what I guess what our appetites
4: <laughs> I mean we'll be doing funniest stuff uh, with gameplay and uh, other t- sorts of videos, whether or not we do something uh, quite this cinematic again uh, you'll just have to wait and see
1: <laughs> fair
2: enough Oh, damn it. <laughs>
1: And we are back. We had a little break. I know we didn't really announce it, but yeah. So anyway, it seemed like a second for you guys was like 10 minutes for us. Anyway, Matt had to run during the break. He had uh, business to do. Guy's a busy guy. So we want to thank, again, thank Matt for coming on and joining us. It was fantastic having him. A lot of great information. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully, we'll be getting him on again soon. All right. We have a couple more things to go over in the show. And one of them was the Bethesda podcast that released recently. We got some little tidbits. We got, we marked a few points in it, some key points that we're going to go over, play them for you, and then talk about it. So, uh, the first key point is right here. Like this, there's a, a
8: thousand assumptions you make, and probably, um, if you're doing well, 800 of them are right. And so, when we get out there, what we're, we're really hoping to see is people's reaction uh, doesn't match our own internal reaction, doesn't match what we hoped we'd see. And I think that's the biggest thing about beta tests—it's what makes you the most nervous, and what, it's what makes you the most excited. Well, what are some of the big features that you guys have introduced to the game since it was announced originally? Since the game was announced originally, uh, one of the things the team has done is uh, really tried to get a lot more of the Elder Scrolls' uh, feel into the game, Um, and that that, uh, manifests in a lot of different ways. Uh, One of the first ways is that the way you control the game is pretty similar to the way you would have controlled it in any other Elder Scrolls game. So for instance, you use your mouse to look around, um, you know, you uh, left mouse button, both acts as a light attack if you just click it really fast and then if you hold it down it acts as a strong attack and then you block. Uh, with the right mouse button and then you, you know of course we've gone with a very reduced interface uh, over what uh, a normal mmo player might expect and that reduced interface um, allows you
1: to really uh, become more involved in the world um, And so- all right that's the first key talking point guys and please talk
0: yeah, so I think what what's important about this is just um, I think I think as a whole, a lot of this from Paul Sage uh, has has been heard before, certainly by by us. But uh, questions still persist uh, tremendously on the on the internet as to you know um, is this going to be mainly mainly hot bar combat? Is it going to be combat that I'm familiar with in Elder Scrolls games? Uh, hearing this from Paul Sage is extremely important because it, it sort of cements the fact that this is actually going to feel like an Elder Scrolls game that does have a hot bar as well. So I think that's that's one of the big features here introduced in the game since the announcement.
1: That's one of the biggest complaints people have been throwing around is the whole hot bar thing, and they've even got a couple of um, interesting people who have said that that the tiny hot bar is not enough. They want a World of Warcraft fully
6: customizable hot bar, which I think is ridiculous. Um. Anyone else thoughts? Yeah. Um. I had a – it was actually about the hot bar because um, you, you said it was like a minimalistic hot bar, right? So yeah. uh, you can – it, it sounds like you can kind of like swap skills in and out. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, you can. And you, and you can level each one of those skills? Yeah. Depending on what
1: – you have four primary skills you put on there. Mm-hmm. And as you use those skills, if you use one skill in that, it's going to level up the four you have on the hotbar.
6: Ah, uh, okay, okay. So and I-, I assume, <clears throat> do you get like a limited set of skills that you can then put into your hotbar, or do you have to like unlock, or? It's
1: kind of like, well, I, I cut off a point where Matt actually says in, that, in the podcast where it's kind of like playing a, a card game, you know, where you got to choose your hand to play. Mm-hmm. And build your deck on that hand. Does that make sense?
6: Yeah, 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 yeah. So you just have, like, a bunch of skills, and then you pick, like, your four, and then you just kind of put them in there and slot them in.
1: Yeah, with your, um, your ultimate, <laughs> I can't even for the name of it. The fifth synergy. one. Synergy. The, the synergy attack. Yeah. Which doesn't, that one is separate from the other four. Oh, dude. six. So you have, like, a, sp- oh, man. It's kind of like your ultimate attack, if you will. That's yeah, up yeah. That's built over time to use it. And you, your character, I believe I said, when we were there, I said to get something like three or four of those throughout the progress of your character. So you got those to swap out. Plus you get the abilities from your weapons as you level your weapons, plus which you can actually swap out in your left mouse button area.
6: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I keep like bombarding you guys with questions, but you, you I mean, you understand <laughs> you understand this way better than I do. But you said level up your weapons. Now, I assume that means that they it's, it goes beyond more than just doing like extra damage and extra ench- enchants and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys have any experience with that? In the- yeah, like There's-
0: basically what's going to happen is you pick up any weapon and your class, as you swing that weapon or as you use that weapon in combat or, or whatever, um, your class will actually gain skills meant specifically for that weapon type. And that can that can totally depend on what, what weapons you use your – class does. yeah.
3: I actually have a question going along with this. Now, when y'all say you're leveling up your weapon, are we talking Final Fantasy VII materia? It levels up, and as long as you have that materia equipped, you have that ability? Or do you actually learn that ability off of
1: that weapon personally? No, it's based on that weapon only. So if you level up, say, two-hand swords to level 50, for instance, you have all the abilities unlocked for it, you can't switch to a two-hand weapon and have those abilities still.
6: Oh, okay. So if you went from two-handed swords to two-handed mace or something, it would be totally different.
0: Totally different set of, of skills that you get for
1: that uh,
6: weapon. There oh, are I weapon see.
0: for your class.
6: There are three Unders- sets
1: of skills. Technically four. But the first set is based off of your class. All right? Class-specific skills that you earn by leveling up your class, which is done by leveling up everything else. Mm-hmm. The second set is weapon set. Is weapon skills. Which is the only goes... And what I mean by skills is both passive and non-passive. Or, um, or use on demand. So the passive abilities are always on no matter what you do. The other ones, the, the active use ones, are the ones that you actually have to, you know, use your, put your left mouse button slot for your weapon scenario and, and it, it changes the effect of your weapon. Like when I was doing my two-hand weapons, it was a normal attack until I got level 5 with two-hand weapons and I gained a new active ability that when I swapped it with the default... <clears throat> My attacks were slower. They did more damage, and they had a chance to stun. So it's based on what I do. Do I want to do? Do I want to be slower and get you know more damage out of it, or do I want to go default and be faster?
6: Gotcha. Okay.
1: The other set of abilities that are mostly passive is based on where you put. You get one skill point, like you do in Skyrim, for every time you level. That you put in either um, stamina, magica, and health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, we've never mm-hmm. seen that before. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about that, Dave, is that each one of those has its own skill tree. That's, That's awesome. Wait, whoa, what? That is awesome. Oh, if my goodness. Want, You want to explain that? Yeah, every weapon that you have... No, no, not uh, weapon. I'm sorry? Not weapon. The stamina, health, and magicka.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for, for every class, if I remember this correctly, every class uh, has different... Um, Different skills that you obtain when you when you go down the the health or the magica or the stamina tree. So, for example, when you level up, you put like you know a pointer or whatever points into into health. You've you've got that many more points into your health, and then you'll you'll eventually gain um, a skill because you've you've gone so far down your your health skill or your health tree. If you were to use those passive. points into I'm sorry. The majority of them were passive, from what I were saw. Were passive, yeah. From what we saw in the alpha, yeah, they were they were passives. And, and it's it's usually like you know, okay, I'm putting I'm putting points into health. Uh, you'll you'll eventually gain you know maybe by level you know three or five or something. You'll gain a, a passive skill that that gives you a permanent increase to like your health or your endurance or something. Or uh, if you were to put that into your magica, you would you would gain a passive skill that that usually would bump you up to like you know get you. You know, something that would be helpful for casters. So this is a whole different magicka.
1: way. This is another piece of that puzzle, like I was trying to explain last episode, when it comes to how you design your character. Because you can have a, a Dragon Knight who is, starts out mostly, you know, health or or stamina heavy, but I want to make him a mage. So what I would do is I'd actually put invest points into my Magicka, which would give me a lot of magic benefits and bonuses.
0: Yeah, as instead well as of putting into magical. the health or the stamina.
1: Exactly. So it's not like other MMOs where you pick a mage; you're only going to be you want to increase your you're only going to be increasing your magic that kind of thing. Your health will only slightly increase. It doesn't work that way. If you choose a mage character, you want to make him a heavy armored, up close, you know, two handed beast that can cast magic. You're going to be putting a lot of points into your health or your stamina.
6: Now you said because you have on top of that you said you you have the you have the class skills right yeah. Mm-hmm. And are these um, class skills like a select? Uh, I don't. I don't want to say this. Are these? Are they like a select number of skills from whatever we're used to? I don't know, like Skyrim or Oblivion or something, or are they just like?
1: They're based on your level. So I know when I hit uh, level, I finished up nearly level eight. I was level seven, and I had gained four skills in that time frame. So, and also the, the awesome, the, another awesome thing about it is, as, as you level those skills, those skills change. So I remember getting oh. like okay, my okay. my little uh, chain that I whipped out. Yeah. It actually changed because I leveled up three times. Also, I believe in the weapon tree there are um, sub paths you can choose on the weapons. Is that correct, Yvonne?
0: It it sounds it sounds like it. Yes, I, like I said, my it, my memory's kind of shoddy for this.
1: It was one big thing that Yvonne was going nuts about. I don't remember if it was the health or stamina one or if it was the weapons, but there was a way where you it would branch out like around level five where you can choose a path for that weapon. Okay. Yes,
5: yes, Dude, that's, that's, that is, yes,
1: <clears throat>
6: without a that's doubt. That's ridiculous, so there's, like, yeah. basically three different sets of skill trees you can do? Yeah, there's three different skill areas you can do. It's all about how you want to build your character.
0: Yeah, the, the reason why they keep saying there's, there's each character is highly customizable, despite the fact that there's classes in the game, is because you can level up your health, your stamina, your magicka with every level. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if that is every level, to be honest. Um,
5: yeah, you it can, is.
0: You can pick up any weapon. You can pick up any armor. The more you use these things, the the better your skill is going to increase. The more, the more skills in itself, the more active skills that you're going to be able to 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 choose on for your class are going to become available. Um, and then and then the weapon itself at some particular point. And when we were playing the alpha, I think it was like level four. The once you level up a skill, a weapon skill. All right. Once you level up, let's say you know one-handed swords. Or excuse me, two handed swords. There's a part in the tree where it branches off, it forks off, and you can actually go like a DPS route or like a tanking route with that. So I mean there's a tremendous amount of yeah, that's why we're saying like it's
1: (laughs) So you gotta put like let me put this in perspective for you, Shank, okay? Here's how your cut your class customization plays. Alright, so you have the basic skills for your class that you earn as your class levels alright so and then you gotta choose which of those classes which one of those skills you wanna put active into your hotbar and level up so now you're gonna have a whole list of just class specific skills but they're not gonna all level up with you, only the ones that you actively use so you can keep on swapping them out if you want and level them up only a little bit at a time or you can have these like four massive uber skills but then not just that, so you have that little card game going of what skills you're gonna use in your hotbar to level up and so on and so forth but then you have the one point you get every level, so you're gonna have fifty of these points to put into your health, magicka, and stamina. Again, which branches off and how the passive skills and things of that nature that will build your character. On top of that, depends on what weapon you're using will also level up. On top of that,
6: what armor you're using. Crazy, so right? I'm going to my freezer now and <laughs> <laughs> Well
2: here's the thing though, I know they're only allowing us minimal skills in the hot bar. That they're, that they're giving the players. Now, they ever mentioned that they're going to allow for hot swapping during combat um, or are you locked into that weapon? You can Wait, only change... Me,
1: what, what's hot swapping? You can only change just, your like, weapons and your skills out when you're not in combat from the last we heard. Okay. So, like, before you go into a fight, you're like, okay, this situation looks pretty dire. Let me change this out and this out and this out. I need this skill and this skill to combo properly with you. Um, I want to use this weapon, so I'm going to become the healer for now. That kind of thing. Then you go right. into combat. Once that combat's over, you're like, "Well, that didn't work out too well. Let me switch out to this."
2: Awesome. Well, I hope they allow for you know at least save templates for at least two or three weapon sets. Yeah, because nice. can get really annoying if you swap out to a pole arm. And all of a sudden, wow! I have to open up my skill book, rebuild my hot bar. Now, all right, now I can fight.
1: <laughs> they basically already said recently that once you hit level fifty, you're only a third of the way done with your character.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's wow. That's Even, a, that, that, that just opens the door for so much strategy for us when we're just chilling around. Holy crap! Can you
1: imagine being at level fifty? You're like, okay, I, like for me, I'm going to be doing two hand Dragon Knight. That's my starting class. I am determined to play. It's going to be my main character in the guild. It's going to be Widget. <laughs> um, so when I get him to level fifty and I'm I maxed out I maxed out my two hand weapons, my two hand swords. I maxed out these certain skills. I realize that well for this. For, for my group to the effect that I run with all the time like I'm running with Dave, I'm running with Shank and Lou and, and Ivarwin and they need me to do something different I can on my off time switch out to a different weapon go beat up on some things and level it up and progress that even though I'm 50 already Alright, yeah, Ivarwin's pressure me to move on, so we gotta move on I've, we took way too much time on that
2: oh, But I can say <clears throat> one more thing if I could mm-hmm. uh, about folks with concerns about the UI I mean for those who are saying minimal UI that's great what I'm asking for is a fully customizable UI. of Whatever they give us, I use my own personal experience from Star Wars. I can Republic, tell you one
1: thing, Lou: there's what, not much there to customize.
2: Exactly, but at least I would hope they give us freedom to change everything that they give us. Uh, that's when the, uh, was it, horrible with that. That's
1: when they eat, <laughs> well, they're, they're they're releasing the the um the mod the modding community for that. Just like in World of Warcraft, when they came out, there was no way to mod the UI. Mods came out for that to do it. UI mods yep anyway beta mix who is us looking to invite we're going to play that right now
7: guys beta test so the chances of, uh, of people getting into the test are reasonably okay by the end of beta but in the beginning we're going to be a little more selective and if you fill out the application well that, that really uh, greatens your chances of getting in
6: I'd say one of the other, other things is that you know we are going to have a Macintosh version. We are going to um, release the game into the EU in French and in German, so we want to make sure that we're getting those types of players into our beta and make sure we have a good mix.
4: And that's why you're requesting the DX Diag? Right, the, the DX page. Diag
6: and then the, some Mac system information if you have a Macintosh system. Um, we're interested in if you're in a guild or not. We're interested in what guild you're in, um, That's just why we asked some of that information on that as well.
4: And in terms of the tech... Technical aspects of the of the PC or Mac, um, you guys are still at a point where it's the last few years, five years or so. If you've got tech, you they're going to have a good chance of running it.
7: Yeah, with the caveat that you have to have some kind of three D acceleration in your uh, in, in in the uh, machine. But yeah, we're we're trying to be as lenient as possible with uh, with, with our system specs because we want as you know a wide range of people to be able to jump in and play. We'll we'll release the full system specs and recommended and required you know as we get closer to launch.
1: All right. Well, that was just a quick explanation about their beta and the system specs. Uh, well, that's another big question people have been talking about: is what are the system specs? They're not going to be releasing that until a lot closer to launch, guys. Uh, any other thoughts?
0: Yeah, I thought it was important that uh, since there's so many questions out there, we just got to add in that um, you know they're they're looking for a good cross section out there, and it's it's nice to hear that coming directly from you know from Joe Verba.
1: There you go. Let me get to the uh, next point here. Any other thoughts on that before we move on?
2: No, I'm just glad that they're actually openly admitting and saying, yeah, we want as many people as we can, you know, mm-hmm. from all sections. That way they get a really great picture uh, of how the game will really run in real world when it goes live.
1: All right, we're getting a little bit low on time with this this show, so we're going to get through these next parts pretty quick. We might get into some tangents, but that's typical. The next one is now. Are
4: Mac players in the beta right away, or is that something they're... After PC players,
6: so we'll we'll be letting the Mac players in as soon as we get the Mac client ready to go, and that we feel like the performance is is, is up to par, and, and so as soon as we're ready to do that, uh, we'll do that. Cool.
8: So if you're lucky enough to make it into the beta, what
7: will you be experiencing? I mean, what, what is the what is the plan for uh, the rollout of uh, of the game itself? Well, the early beta tests are going to be kind of focused, a couple hour, maybe four or five hour long sessions where, you know, in the beginning we want to test things like can you log into the server, you know, can you create an account. Um, what kind of problems you run into if you're in a high-latency situation. Um, you know, just getting into the game is a test in itself in the, in, in the early days, depending on, on, on where you're playing. But, yeah, uh, once we get through those, then a focus session will open up for a couple hours to test the beginning experience in one of the alliances. And then, uh, you know, we'll shut that down. We'll start up another test for uh, testing a particular class. And then we'll, we'll, we'll shut that down and bring up another test. There'll be a lot of, a lot of small focus tests. And those will lead to longer and longer longer tests uh, and after that where we we'll leave the servers up for hours and hours and eventually days at a time to test specific things. Paul, you want to?
8: Yeah, I, I think that's the goal. I think anybody who's been in a beta, you know, I mean, obviously we want to get you in uh, to the early experience because that's really, that's how we test if it's sticky right away. Um, and, and are people having fun do they like the experience or more importantly is the experience understandable from the get-go right and um, as, as long as I think we've nailed those things and then, then you naturally start to go into some of those higher level areas where you say okay what's the, what's the how many people are staying past a certain point are people still engaged at this point it really helps you develop your, your feature sets that you know you've made assumptions about so I think that's where we're going to end up going naturally and and of course the longer we do this the broader it's going to be we're going to open it up to more people
1: I think that's a very, very key point there. It's how they explained how the beta process works. I know that Matt earlier on uh, explained pretty much that exact same thing, but it needs to be re so people don't understand that it's not going to be you get into beta, the whole world's open to you, just go nuts and have fun. That's not what this beta's for. It may be during open beta, which we're going to get to later, but for closed beta, they're expecting your opinion. They're, they're going to be watching you closely, what you do, how you do it, and it's only going to be for brief periods of time. Any other thoughts, guys?
2: Well, and the one thing I wanted to just add is that when you're in the beta, yes, they said that they want the players there to have fun, to enjoy the experience. But remember, you're also there for another reason. You're helping them beta test the game, meaning you're going to find the things that are broken, that aren't working, that don't look right, don't feel right, you know, and help them out by saying, hey, this is what I found, this is what I think should be done, and so on. I mean, Yeah, and expect things not to be working perfectly. I mean, I've seen or met other beta players who have gone in there thinking, it's supposed to be a final version of the game, go out and play. No, it's go out and find out what's wrong and help them out.
0: Right, yeah, that's why they're going to be releasing this uh the beta at first in in very uh small increments in in focus groups, you know, today guys you're testing, you know, this this one thing in this one area and you know for the for the next few hours or for the for the weekend and then, you know, we'll open it back up
6: in a couple of weeks kind of a deal. Uh yeah. Um, The closed beta event could literally be, Shank, you're confined to three square yards and you you only can pick blue mountain flower. I would pick the blue mountain flower for hours. (laughs) 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 Oh, my
1: God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to move on to
7: the next point that you'll be able to contact them in-game. And that's not just to help the players, because it will, but it will also help us test our customer support systems to make sure that they work. So it's kind of a whole ecosystem that we have to make sure we test every part of it.
4: Um, And then a a big question people are going to have after this uh, closed beta uh, period. When can we expect open beta? Yeah,
7: open beta is a term that different companies use in different ways. Uh, uh, For us, it's going to be Uh, The period, you know, soon before launch when we want to just absolutely massively load test the game, make sure we have everyone in the game. Um, uh, Our PvP system, which we haven't talked about much yet, really relies on the fact that we need thousands and thousands of testers in um, to make sure things work. So our open beta is going to be kind of defined by numbers. And when we get up to those massive numbers of people, which will be soon, you know, in the month or so before launch, that's what we're going to call our open beta. That's pretty much what I explained last week, I believe, on open beta.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're right on the money with that. Uh, it's always good to hear Matt Fryer uh, say exactly what what this is all about. I think it's extremely important, you know, for uh, for listeners to to hear it uh, straight from the source. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
6: during the open beta, are we going to be able to like do their, do our guilds and stuff in there? Uh, depends if they have that features available. Oh, okay. Okay, but most gotcha. likely be
1: adding it during that time. Cool. All right. Keep in mind, guys. When even in open beta, it's not going to be the finished game. From the point right, when the finished coo- game is
6: gonna be even better,
1: <laughs> when they yeah. close down the servers for the final time before launch, which usually happens at least two to three weeks prior, depending on the bit on the business model um, it's gonna be a completely different game from the time when beta started to the point when they launch 100 percent different even when they stop the servers for open beta and they go to launch, it's gonna be different because they're gonna open up the graphics they're gonna open up this, they're gonna open up that, and it's gonna be ready to go full game so anyway, lots of exciting things coming up guys very soon
0: oh yeah um the next the next uh I mean the, the podcast is 19 minutes long you're hearing snippets what we think is the most important uh the the next part they sort of transitioned to fan questions there was there was a few on there uh, we've got two that we thought was was super super important uh one of them and I think the first one being uh inventory cap will be based on weight or slots
8: I think that's what's paying off is as challenging as it is I think it's also the best thing about it in a lot of ways uh, Well, that and knocking over key.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next question is from OsarionRDM, and he asks, Will inventory
8: capacity be based on weight or slots? Uh, inventory is, <laughs> has been a, a fun one, and so it's actually going to be based on slots, but it's more like a hybrid system between what people are used to uh, in, say, a Skyrim or an Oblivion and uh, what they're used to in an MMO. And I think the, the great thing is it's, it, it's slot-based, so you don't have to worry about, um, oh, I don't know how much this weighs off the top of my head, so I don't know if I can carry it or not. Right? How
7: much does that tro- troll skull weigh, really? <laughs> and why are they so
8: heavy? I just want to know. <laughs> yeah, so so it does it it, it so it has that, but it also has a lot of the convenience that you find in uh, the other games, which is at a glance, I know what I've received right away. I know what's important to me. Um, it's got a lot of sorting features. It's got a lot of filtering features. Features in it that work that are just really simple uh, based solutions so I think that uh, to to answer the question directly it it is slot based uh, but I think our inventory system is something I really like it's got a combination of both that I think really work out well
1: Yvary made a good point in the chat room just now the uh, music in the background during when we play their bits is from their podcast so we're not responsible for drowning them out Um, (laughs) but yeah guys comment on that please
2: I think it's a good system. I'd like to see them actually work it out. I mean, a hybrid system would be great. I mean, a combination of both weight and slots being, yeah, you have X amount of slots. You can have 60, 80, 100 slots, but guess what? You can only carry 100 pounds. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm thinking because, you know, you, you can't carry everything. I mean, we'd all like to. I mean, I'd like to carry every weapon I've ever gotten in Skyrim, but I can't.
0: I think um, one of the one of the toughest things about Skyrim is the UI, especially when you're going in your inventory. And when you're playing an MMO, a lot of times you you run around and you collect stacks of things. You know, like you know, like Shank said, uh, you know, blue flowers. You know, maybe you want to go and, and for alchemy reasons, you want to go out there and, and harvest uh, you know a hundred or so blue mountain flowers because you need to make a potion. How do you show that in a in a inventory system similar to uh, to Skyrim's? very, very difficult. Um, if you do a slot-based uh, inventory system, you'll know that, sure, I've got 20 stacks uh, right there and another 20 stacks right there and, and so on and so forth. And it, it makes it very accessible. So if it's a change um, to an MMO standard, it's in this case, it's an extremely good change.
1: I have a quick thought on that, though. He mentioned the hybrid. What I'm wondering is, instead of doing weight on it, what if they if – instead, like, for instance, you put more points in stamina. Like, every five points of stamina you put in there, you get an extra slot or two in your inventory.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I can you that. know what? That, w- that would actually be pretty awesome. I could yeah. definitely see that working out. Yeah. They're just to, like, give me more skooma to carry, you know? That's a really good idea, Joe. You should podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you should trademark that. Patent it quickly.
0: Really,
1: <laughs> that's a freaking say that, great idea. Say that idea. <laughs> well, oh, hopefully they're listening. All right, guys, let's uh, move on to the next question.
0: Yeah, Paul Sage here at this part he explains the uh, the death system a little bit, which I know is a, a big question being thrown out there in in uh, in, uh, in the internet.
1: Oh yeah,
8: to me, um, it's got a lot of sorting features. It's got a lot of filtering features in it that work that are just really simple uh, based solutions. So I think that. Uh, to, to answer the question directly, it, it is slot-based, uh, but I think our inventory system is something I really like. It's got a combination of both that I think really work out well.
4: All right, we have uh, one last question, and it's from Ryan ryanhater too. And he says, when you die in the game, how do you lose all your items? Or do you lose all your items, or do you keep them when you respawn? Uh, Actually, you know, death systems are one of those great things
8: (laughs) where you want to make sure that the player um, isn't so disincentivized that they don't want to uh, keep going, uh, but really doesn't try that same thing that they just tried, right? So uh, death systems are, are pretty notoriously tough. You'll keep all your items. First, let me reassure you in that. Uh, but the second thing is, is that uh, what, what's going to happen to you when you respawn? And that's really uh, right now. It's a it's a choice of what the player wants to do. There's some penalty if they just want to keep going from the spot that they're on. Um, but also, you can go back to a way shrine, which is our fast travel network. So as long as you've opened up a way shrine, you can go back to any way shrine you, you've uh, opened up before and previously, um, and just resurrect there. Uh, so. Uh, that may be the cheapest method for
1: you, um, but then you have to work all your way uh, back through. So, Evarwyn
0: experienced this system firsthand. Oh, without a doubt, <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt. Although I, I did not have to um, uh, pay any money, uh, I did, you know, I did get the choice to to either resurrect there or or resurrect at, at one of the um, one of the shrines, and uh, I think at some point. It was just something that I had to do. I, I had to resurrect at one of the shrines. It's a good system. Um, I, I, I hated dying, but I liked the system. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not de-incentivized at all. <laughs>
1: I have to brag that I didn't die at all. Oh, here it so, comes. Uh, <laughs> even with multiple enemies. So I, don't, I never got to experience the system.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guarantee you, Joe, if you went into the PvP, you'll, you'll be seeing a whole lot of it. Oh, so. I have no doubts.
1: <laughs> Not a shadow of doubt. All right, we have a um dot interview with Paul Sage and another couple of uh you know, key points here as well that we're going to get into. So I'm going to locate the first one.
0: Sure. Uh while you do that, I'll just explain real quick. Um, you know, part of the marketing juggernaut that was Tuesday morning and the early afternoon announcements of the beta coming, um <laughs> was this this interview that mmorpg.com did with with paul sage um now it can be seen at, at their website however uh if that's a little tough to navigate we have it on our site too at elder scrolls off the uh it's a great interview uh honestly you know with with the podcast we we definitely say you know go listen to the be- you know the bethesda podcast in its entirety it's it's 19 minutes we selected the the most important bits that we thought but you know something might ring more true with you go check that out check this out too you can get it on our website you can find it on mmorpg.com as well uh and we've got about uh seven different uh points here that we just want to we just want to touch on
1: all right the first one is what do you hope to get feedback on
9: looking forward to to learn from the players as they dig in
8: yeah um I mean, everything about the game is, you know, this is really where um, we find out everything about, uh, you know, does is is the game really feel, you know, the way we hope it feels, you know, like an Elder Scrolls game. Um, You're looking at things like, you know, how do people react to combat? And then you get deeper into is combat balanced? Um, Are are the numbers all, you know, matching what we'd hoped for? Um, And, you know, with any beta you kind of ramp up slowly to answer like bigger questions like, well, how's the front end experience? How's that accessibility going? Mm-hmm. And then you keep growing it to do things like, okay, now we want to see what a long term play test is really like. You know, is, is the game as, uh, you know, kind of internally we say sticky, but what we mean is, is it really fun? Or is there a reason to stick around? Is it really what people want? Um, and you, you have to leave time to react to that feedback. And so, you, what you're hoping is that you're ramping up and you're making the game better as you go through beta. Otherwise, uh, you, know, you wouldn't even have a beta. Um, but that's why it's so important to uh, get people in now so they can give us you know, really good feedback so we can see if the game is where we think it is and uh, just keep improving it all the way up until ship. So when you know somebody actually makes that decision, I'm ready to play Elder Scrolls Online, it, it's, it's a great game.
1: Um, I almost forgot to stop it because I'm too busy watching the video they play in the background. Um, <clears throat> was that an awesome moment with a Nord beating up on werewolves all right guys discuss
0: I mean I, I, what 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 can you say about it you know it's very factual it's very straight to the point you know they want to make sure that uh, the game feels the way they think it does and part of the you know they're looking for feedback state saying how the game feels uh they want you to be honest um and and that's that's what they're looking for you know I mean uh I think it was uh it was definitely good for them to to say this because you know uh, hopefully it'll weed out a lot of the you know well i don't i don't particularly like the way that that blue mountain flower looks from uh from shankin
5: you know?
0: <laughs> <gasps> all right
1: next point is house combat coming along cool
9: well um now let's talk a, a few about some of the other systems that we've we have seen at like the press event and things like that. Um, how's combat coming along? Uh, the action-based targeting to be more in line with other Elder Scrolls games was definitely a highlight of my experience back in I think that was October. Uh, but it has changed since since E3. I mean that's a whole new thing. So where are you guys at with combat now?
8: Um, you, you know, I, the the funny thing is we talk about combat. It's you know, and it, it's so pervasive into everything. Um, you know, the the team. Um, really, I, I would say from as early as early last year, kind of had this idea of where we wanted to go with you know the 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 action bar that was a reduced uh, scope action bar, mm-hmm. and then you know getting you looking in the world and playing in the world. And so yeah, what what kind of naturally occurred um, was was getting it to feel a lot more action, and then you know you had the left mouse button attacks and right mouse button blocks. Yeah. Um, but w- where we are now is we're kind of in this in a more advanced stage where we're looking at you know, uh, monsters as much as anything else. And, and what is, what is the AI for monsters and how is that acting? Um, and so, you know, it's just, it just tweaks onto that system of monsters cooperating with one another against yeah. the players um, building up uh, in, in combat itself, a uh, really good balancing paths, uh, making sure we have things like uh, damage effects and resistances that, that aren't, aren't there to do anything other than just make the players feel like, Oh my God, you know, that was a really great experience. Um, You know, taking that guy down, um, burning that guy to cinders or turning him into ash or whatever it is. Those are the things where, you know, we're really at that stage of combat where we think the core is is really fun. And now it's just making sure that all of the little, you know, kind of uh, filler elements are in there and and really make the experience feel uh, completely fleshed out and polished.
5: Yeah.
1: And discuss. Go.
3: You know, I actually saw this live when it was being recorded. And right about this point is when I got that feeling of that... The, have you seen that movie The Incredibles where there's that little woman yep. who makes their costumes? That's yeah. how I felt watching this. Like, it is good, but we want more! You know, just like crazy out of it. And that's exactly the feeling I got. And that makes me so excited for this. Just, you know, understanding that they, they're getting it right, but the, on top of that, they're making it even better. And I'm, I'm I'm wanting to play this damn game already. In fact,
0: I'm getting kind of irritated that we're talking about it this long, and I'm not playing it. You know, it's it's really great to hear a company say, you know, we're focusing on Monster AI right now um, because no one focuses on on Monster AI. Typically, all of the MMOs out there, a lot of the the combat that you get into from from one mob to the next is either exactly the same or extremely similar. So it's nice to get that that affirmation that you know when I get into this game. Um, Combat, every encounter I get into is going to feel different simply because of the monster 's situational awareness and mine plus just what it happens to be and what I happen to be I mean imagine that across all of your different tunes on your account it's uh it's going to be it's going to be amazing.
6: Yeah, because you basically you're not getting the same experience twice, and that that you're not getting the same experience twice. That is so quintessentially Elder Scrolls.
3: Yeah, I mean, I understand the fact that yes, the same exact c- carbon copy of an enemy is gonna probably attack and do the same sort of thing, but just because it's on different situation, it's gonna act different. And I love how they're going into where. Exactly that. If it's dropped into a different situation, it needs right. to interact with surroundings or find a place to hide or perfect, all these different things.
0: A perfect example of this, uh, just real quick, is you, know, you, fight, you fight a fire mage. Bing, bang, boom. You know, he throws a couple of fire spells at you. You down him. You're good. You walk a little bit further down the hallway. You fight another fire mage. You didn't see the ice mage, Patton, back to you, patrolling back to you down the hallway. Ice Mage says, holy shit, there's my bro up there, my Fire Mage getting pounded upon. And then the two of them like engage with each other with their synergy attacks, their attacks that, that work with each other. Now you got fire and ice thrown at you. Someone's singing the Game of
6: Thrones soundtrack. and <laughs> You know what it does, of Arwen? It adds the intelligence to artificial intelligence. That's it- what it sounds like they're doing. Right. And then Bethesda launches Skynet. <laughs> All right, guys. Time to move on to the next point here and
1: uh, next point is the progression
9: system and then all that other stuff so how's uh how's the progression system coming i'm itching to learn more about you know like ranged abilities and ranged weapons and things that we didn't see right
8: and and i think shortly we're going to reveal a lot more about our progression system as, as we go through but it, you know even since uh you guys were here um you know we looked at the progression system and we thought hey it's good and again it's that um, internally, what can we do to make things better and, and how do we make this better? And, and I'll give you, you know, kind of the sneak preview, which is we just felt, uh, that we wanted even more choice, uh, and even more customization there. And, and that we've said that from the very beginning, uh, that player choice, player customization is, is, is key to us. Mm-hmm. And so getting players to say, wow, you mean I can really do this? You know, we've talked about, it, I can use any weapon, I can use any armor. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to go well beyond that. There's going to be, you know, which of these things do I concentrate on doing now? What's the situation has changed? You know, I'm in a different area. I want to use different abilities. I want to use a different loadout. All of those things uh, we've looked at of how do we make sure that the players have the most choices, of course, without overwhelming them, yeah. but really to decide where they want to go. So that's been our big concentration, uh, even since you've been here. And, uh you know, and I know that's not as detail oriented as, as we'd like, but I, I can say that that those skill lines, those uh, bigger skill lines that you know you, you kind of got the preview of, is really where we're going and really what we're concentrating
1: on. All right, guys, you have that ex- explanation. So, what do you think,
0: Joe? I mean, this is something you and I should be squeeing over right now. Over, I mean, the the stuff that we saw, all of those little skill lines that the, and the tree lines that they were going after, that we were listening, that we were we were playing, they're adding more to it. <clears throat> yeah <laughs> oh,
1: God. um during that little part, I believe there was a slip at Paul
0: uh-huh, the achievement system yes yes it it definitely sounds like he ha- he hinted at an achievement system in the game.
6: Well, we kind of already saw that though <laughs> achievement unlocked, shank has picked two hundred flowers. I mean they're making achievement for me, Varwin, remember, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, with killing critters with your chain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the achievement. The, the, yeah. The uh, skewering the bunny. <laughs>
1: yeah, Nick Conkle was laughing so hard about me doing that. He's like, I got to make an <laughs> achievement about this thing. Like, yeah, you better name it after me. I think I might. <laughs> Nick's awesome. Yeah. All right. The next point is the guild features. And unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about really quick on the last part? I'll take that as a no. All right, moving on.
9: Stuff though I could all day. Uh, Let's talk about the functionality of the guilds. What sorts of features will we see to sort of keep guilds active in the game, both in uh, PVE terms and in uh, in PvP, and just being more social and not just sort of there as like a a chat hub. Right.
8: Um, It's funny you say that. Uh, Chat hub's a great thing. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, being able to communicate with people is great, but uh, it is more than that. Um, You you know, in your guild, uh, of course, like. You know, you've played MMOs forever, and, and you know that you have your your rankings of of, of different members of leadership. Um, but what we're trying to do uh, b- from the very start is say, I can join the guilds I want to join. So that's why we allow people to join multiple guilds. Um, and, and, you know, so, sometimes, the, you know, we, we pay very close attention, and we know that some people are worried about, like, oh, what does that mean, joining multiple guilds? Does that mean yeah. that I don't have allegiance to this one? But we feel like the players are mature enough to decide, hey, this is what I want to do and this is who I want to be associated with. Um, so getting people in as easily as possible to guilds is kind of the first goal. And so that's why we've made some of the decisions of we'll have, um, out of game ways for you to look at forming guilds. Mm-hmm. Um, in game, once you formed a guild, you'll be able to join multiple guilds. Um, you know, and then from there, there are things like, hey, your guild can end up, uh, taking keeps. So your guild kind of uh, starts to accumulate um, alliance points with you, which is uh, you know goes a little bit into our a- our um, our alliance war system, mm-hmm. and that's that's really like you you start bouncing this out and you start seeing hey there's actual objectives for my guild to have and and things that we set up where it's like oh wow there's 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 ways within my guild that we can do things that matter uh, to the alliance as a whole or to my guild as a whole and uh, or just You know,
9: faction, too, I guess, in the same way. Right.
8: That's exactly right. So, yeah, when I say
2: alliance, that's kind of what I mean is is faction
1: itself. And discuss.
2: Well, I like the idea that they're bringing in uh, the multiple guild concept because, you know, maybe people do want that just that social chat feature. You know, they just want to join a guild that's just ultra casual. You know, they're there to talk while they're playing. But you know what? If they want to PvP, they go to another guild and they have that freedom to do so.
3: Well, this also is one of those things that's really a throwback to their old games. Every old game has multiple guilds, even though it's a a first-person game. You still have multiple guilds you get to join and be in. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: The Assassin's Guild, the Thieves Guild, the different guilds. And they're absolutely bringing that back into the realm of of this game with with letting you join literal guilds with different people now. That's, That's so cool. (laughs)
6: <laughs> now I had a question on the the opposite of that. So, like, if you have you, you know you it's obviously as Lou said you know you can hop back and forth between guilds and stuff. Now, what if you're in a guild and just feel like you know what I just kind of want to like hop out of the guild and just play some single player? Can you do that with that current character?
0: Well, that's something they haven't really spoken about yet. So so no one no one really knows. All, although they they do know that you you will be able to uh, switch from one guild to to another. Uh, we don't know about something like that. I mean, you know, just because you're in a guild doesn't necessarily mean you're in a constant static group. It's, it's,
6: it's not really like that. You can, you can okay. solo play whenever you want. Right, right, right. Yeah. I was just curious about that. That's cool. Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's good that uh, their first goal about the guild system is they, they're, they're, they're making it easy to join these guilds uh you know out of game and in-game ways to join as well that's that's absolutely phenomenal um so it, that's 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 a good it's good stuff also the uh, alliance points uh the alliance war system very interesting kind of uh makes me think that there's going to be a guild progression system
1: that's nifty indeed all right guys we're moving on to the final point is video how's crafting going Experience
9: any of it. Uh, How's crafting coming along? Is there anything you can sort of share about how important it's going to be in the overall game?
8: Um, crafting is going to be extremely important in the yeah. game. <laughs>
9: That's um, great.
8: The when you look at um, oh gosh, uh, I don't want to get into it. You know, too much to developer. Uh, lingo and and stuff because it's boring Um, but the you know there's several ways that items can enter the world and we we call them faucets or or whatever you want to look at it Um, and one of the ways is through crafting and so what what we're making sure of is that each faucet is somehow valuable to the world and and that means uh, when I go into dungeons or instances when I go uh, vendors yes vendors will be very important in the game um, crafters will be important. All of these things kind of add to the greater economy uh, of different items. And so the way to find uh, the best item in um, I, I guess you could say the best item of its class, the best item of its type, uh, could be through any of these various different faucets. And it's kind of up to the players to learn, oh, this is what I need to do uh, to go get this, or this is what I want to do to go get this. Um, and and the idea is, is that we reward players uh, for being more broad as, as far as um, you know, kind of their general play style. Mm-hmm. But we would never punish people if they said, oh, I didn't want to go over here and do this. Okay. Um, so that's been really important in, in developing that system. Um, so- but crafting is really about uh, a trial. I want to I go out. I want to be able to go into the world. I just want to be able to craft. It, it, I, I want to be able to try alchemy. I want to be able to try blacksmithing. I want to be able to try whatever. And so we say yeah you can absolutely go try it but when you want to master something you really have to set it on this is what I want to master this is the thing that I think is the most important to me and then that's how you kind of you know find your place in the community of hey I'm the best person for getting uh you know this armor
9: So those now the crafting will be you're saying I don't mean to paraphrase, but it will be just as viable way to get your items as, say, going into dungeons and things like that.
8: It will be one of the pieces that's important in uh, getting that. Yeah. So, okay. so that is. I'm not saying that that's you could replace crafting with dungeons. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that you'll you'll probably need both.
9: Okay. That's and good. And if though. you don't,
8: you'll need to trade. Yeah.
9: <laughs> well, because crafters, you know, categorically in MMOs. They always feel like I feel like they get the shaft. You know, they the stuff they make is never as good as what somebody could go out and and get. But uh, it's it's good to know that you guys are definitely aware of that. Uh, Right. Uh,
8: As as far as we're concerned, that is absolutely not true. Um, Certainly hope that persists past it. But uh, our plan for now is to make sure that
6: crafters are extremely important in the game. Excellent. (gasps) Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Fine. Let Shane go. Okay. Um. I am. Like so happy that he takes the stance that you know, guys, crafting is important because that is such a key component of the single player Elder Scrolls games. I mean, oh my god! And the fact that they're spending like that much time in detail and really like caring about that. Oh well, uh, I mean, Shank. Um, not not
0: to not to deflate, um, but I think. This is the part where, you know, uh we we you know, you don't have you haven't played a lot of MMOs out there. Um this is this is a common thing that's said. And honestly, I'm a hard sell when it comes to crafting. And Lou, I think you're about to bring up the same point too.
5: Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
0: now Lou, Lou and I have have the uh the experience of both being disheartened for for Star Wars the old republic when it came to crafting. Ugh. Um, and I know, I know Joe and I know Dave, uh, you know, that's in SWTOR, that's in Rift, that's in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Rift was just, crafting was a joke. Yeah. Right. Um, when it, when it comes and not, not to sound like, like a hater, cause we, we're not doing that.
1: I love crafting when it's done right. I don't know what you're talking about. If they do anything, some similar to what, um, EverQuest 2 did with crafting, it's going to be phenomenal. Because there are MMOs out there that have done it right where it was a very, very, very key factor and was entertaining to do.
2: Yes. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Because that, that AQ2 is a great uh, great model to to at least look at for crafting. Um, and, and Shank, again, just like everyone said, not to deflate you, but I've also played an MMO where crafters dictated the economy. And yeah, I'm that going to was bring up, I'm, too. I'm going to bring up Star Wars Galaxies, okay? When you have crafters in that game who are literally on their own boards setting the prices amongst themselves because yeah, they're the uber crafters on the server and the players have no say over it and they can dictate, they can tell you Shank, I want you to pay me 3,000 gold for this piece, of this sword well, why not, th- I can go to this guy and you know what he's going to tell you? Shank, I want 3,000 gold for the sword you know why? Because we can, because you can't get it anywhere else, through the PVE content, only we can do it, and guess what you either pay us, or you don't get crap
6: or, or why couldn't you make it yourself then in that case Because, well,
3: there were some that were just so ridiculously rare and hard to find. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I left Star Wars The Old Republic, was because I was one of the only people with the specific type of uh, lightsaber crystal. And I was the only person, I was like one of three people on my server that could make it. And I was, it, it ruined the game for me being the richest person on the server.
1: I don't think it's fair. To put ESO into those categories when we don't even know what the
0: crafting is like. No, of course not. And I, yeah. I, the point I was going to make is I'm I'm a hard sell when it comes to when it comes to the crafting because I've never seen anyone never I have yeah. never played in an MMO where crafting was important to gearing up. Everyone every MMO I have seen has said it. They've never delivered, and if anyone can do it, I believe it's going to be the Zenimax team. There were Whole a couple
1: of MMOs where the crafting was a big draw for a lot of subscribers. That's what held people. Star Wars, uh was it Galaxies? Yeah. Yes, it was Galaxies. And Elder Scrolls too. I mean, it's the same thing as like for me, I've never liked PvP in any MMO. PvP is going to be a hard sell for me. But do I think, am I going to say, well, because I've never liked PvP in any MMO, I'm just not going to like it in ESO. And they shouldn't put it in there. no. I'm going to take it a fair shot. It could be the game that completely sells me over on it. Exactly. So I'm not going to say that crafting is a good idea or a bad idea. I think it's a great idea to put in there because the more avenues you have for different types of players, there's going to probably be, hopefully, millions of people playing this game. And they're all going to have different play styles. And they're going to want to be able to do their play
6: style. So giving them that
1: option is a good thing regardless.
6: Yeah, because I mean, I, you guys were saying that you know you could literally control the economy. I, I, I don't want to be sounding like a d bag or whatever, but I, that's I love playing these games or like approaching it from the economic standpoint and well, like just. There's nothing
3: wrong with playing the economy. In fact, that's a great part of crafting. Oh, that's what keeps it alive. But yeah, owning the economy is completely different.
2: Right, and that's what I should uh, caveat that with. Galaxies, they own the economy, Shank. So you couldn't do anything about it and you know the GMs can't do a damn thing about it. It's pretty cool. It's, it's player controlled.
0: And just to just to sort of, you know, rope this all in with a with a little pretty bow, our, our denouement, if you will, you know, no one here is saying that that we think that that ESO is going to go that way. We we know it won't. We know it's not we know ESO won't be any of these games. What we are saying, though, is that uh, when it comes to at least what I'm saying is when it comes to crafting, they're they're making a lot of promises. We've heard before. We're we're because of that we're we're a hard sell. <laughs> Had a bad experience, man. Had a bad experience, right? And, and we're, well, we're, Ivar went on we on the, site,
1: that, on the same this, note. We, we, mm-hmm. When we first heard about it, it was a hard sell for us, saying that it was going to play like Elder Scrolls. What did we yeah. experience? Uh, so I'm, I'm tending to believe them with their promises. <laughs> at this ah. point so for me from having experienced the game and what they promised us that we got to actually physically play and see mm-hmm. they I, I tend to side with them
0: oh, without a doubt yeah I won't bet against them
1: <laughs>
6: but uh,
0: I'm, I'm going to challenge them
5: do so so it I
6: just be um, happily hopeful I guess about this yes tra- I'm happily well you gotta so to challenge me. them to make it better <laughs> especially during beta man
1: feedback 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 is exactly what they're looking for all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and, and let Lou go into his lore segment really quick, and we'll wrap up the show. Oh, my goodness.
2: Thank you very much. And this week's lore segment, uh, I know Shank is looking forward to this.
6: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> so, I actually came up with this because I, I realized going back through all the episodes, I re- I haven't done or even touched upon this person. And today we're going to cover Renziah. <laughs> Castor politician, thief, Dunmer. She's also a queen. She was born a Dunmer woman, born in the Second Era, year 893. She was the daughter of the Lord and Lady of Mornhold. But she grew up in Skyrim, and unfortunately she was banished after Tyrus Septim conquered Morrowind. Wow, what a nice guy. (laughs) And because of this, she went and joined the thieves' guild in Riften, and was taught the skills of thievery by a gajit thief named Theris. See, he can't trust the Khajiits. However, there was a general in the Imperial Legion named Symmachus, who was said to have a friendship in the ear of Tiber Septim himself, who, along his travels, captured her. She was then sent to the Imperial City to spend some time as the part of the Emperor's household as the Queen of Morrowind. Now, Tiber Septim was fascinated with Eyes' beauty. After Symmachus left to return to Morrowind, she had an affair with the Emperor... And became oh. pregnant.
6: Oh, Lego yes. my prego, man.
2: <laughs> Hearing of her pregnancy, <laughs> Tyber Septim became furious. <laughs> to avoid any scandal, oh, he ordered the pregnancy to be aborted, and then he sent Berenziah to Morrowind. Mm. Once there, she settled down with Simakas, and from their marriage, she had Helsith and Morgaya. Now, in 376 in the third hour, Berenziah was seduced by a bard who was also a thief, known only as Nightingale. All Nightingale wanted was to retrieve the powerful artifact known as the Staff of Chaos, which was hidden in Old Mornhold. You know, the ruins beneath Mornhold. And due to his manipulation, Baron Zaya opened the way to Old Mornhold, allowing him to snatch the Staff of Chaos and disappear. Now during her time with the Nightingale, she may become pregnant with a daughter. <laughs> Baron Zaya gets around, dude. Yes. You know, I'm seeing, you know, is the Zelda immortal after her? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> According to Volume 2 of the Nightingales, Baron Zaya left the infant with a midwife to conceal her affair and possibly to avoid any additional scandals. Now, there's no information in the childhood of this girl, who called herself Geral C. As an adult, however, she did manage to track down her father, the elusive Nightingale Skyrim. She also settled there, and she also became a talented thief. She also got married as the years went along. And guess what? She had a daughter. And everyone's going to love this. She had a daughter named Carlia. <laughs> After the theft of the Staff of Chaos, Berenzi and her children were sent to Cyrodiil for safety and to ask the Emperor for aid in treating the staff back from that thieving Nightingale. It was during this time that the Emperor's behavior changed, and he raised taxes across the Empire. The people of Morrowind were understandably upset. They revolted. And in the fighting, Samathus was killed. Now, back in the city, I met with the Emperor, Uriel Septim VII.
5: Hmm.
2: But she knew that this was not the real Emperor. It was a magically disguised Jagger Tharn. She gained Those darn nothing-
3: Tharns, they're so wily.
2: Those darn battle mages. But she knew that this was not the real Emperor. It was a magically disguised Jagger Tharn. She gained nothing from the audience, and was then shocked by the news that Symmachus had been betrayed and murdered by the Royal Guard. As such, she had no time to mourn. She needed all of her strength and wit to face Tharn. Now she found out along the way that Tharn had split the Staff of Chaos into eight pieces and hidden away in obscure places. She used his diary to figure out where he'd hidden the pieces of the Staff. And after the last location was discovered, she and her children escaped the Imperial City with King Edware of Wayrest. Afraid of scandal, Thorne did nothing to prevent their escape. Bernsaya later married King Edward, becoming the Queen of Wayrest. He then adopted her children, Helsith and Morgaya. Wow, she's been married a lot, hasn't she?
0: Jesus, <laughs> she's like the Liz green Taylor up. of uh, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> really,
2: <laughs> get her- <laughs> <ill>. <laughs> during her time at Wayrest. Her biography, which was written, was banned. <laughs> King Gortwog, where Sinian was getting information on all the Hyrox royal families and managed to get a copy of this biography. Unfortunately, Gortwog was not the only one looking for the secrets. <laughs> necromancer, King of the Worms, also searched the book, and one of his minions managed to steal it. It was here then that Bernziah asked Aurel and an agent of the Emperor, to retrieve the biography. For his help, she offered him information on the totem of Tiber Septim. She got the book back. And the agent finally got the information of the Emperor. Now, several years after what was called the Second Medium Effect, King Edwere Wayrest passed away, leaving the throne to be fought over by his daughter, Elisana, and his adopted son, Helseth. However, Elisana gained the crown, and in turn banished Helseth and Berenziah from Wayrest. So, in their exile, they returned to Mournhold and Morrowind. Berenziah's daughter, Morgaia, was already safe since she had already married the king of Her. It was no longer living in Wayrest. After the arrival of Berenziad, Helseth and Morrowind, in Mornhold, I should say, Helseth's uncle king Lothan died. A lot of deaths here. Helseth then took over the reign and became the new king of Marwind. Although there's never been any official inquiry of proof, many citizens who were loyal to the old king claim that somehow Helseth poisoned Lothan was responsible for it. Now, the events that led to the destruction of Dagoth Orr the Neverine were attacked by a dark-brothered assassin. They tracked the assassin to Mornhold, and ultimately King Helseth. King, threatened by the power and influence of Morrowind's new hero, after a bit of manipulation, Helseth managed to get the Neverine on his side to face yet another threat, the mad goddess Almalexia. During this time, the Baron Zaya met the hero of Red Mountain, I think that's you, <clears throat> offering wise counsel and guidance to the Neverine. And that's where her story ends may end, or does it? Now as a side note, request on Skyrim take up inventory space, which I find annoying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Lou. It's great having your lore segment back. We've missed it the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to make you talk some more because I just can't get enough. I want you to do our 5-star review shoutouts.
2: Alrighty, 5-star review shoutouts from America. Zabo13.
1: And the other one, um, because uh, my Skype just cut out again, was, holy crap.
2: <laughs> you, sir, plus 10 interwebs.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, we're going to get into our final thoughts right here. Um, I apologize if there's any audio issues. My Skype has cut off probably a good 13 times tonight. So uh, I'm going to edit this out the best I can, make it the best possible. But uh, I do apologize if there are things that I might miss. This is going to be a very long edit. And I just want to again thank Matt for showing up. This has been a, a very interesting show. It's going to be a long one, guys. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, uh, once again, you know, obviously, thanks to uh, Matt Grandstaff for taking time out of his extremely busy schedule to, uh, to come hang out with us today. Um, I hope he had a good time. We had an awesome time. It was great to have him. Um, I know uh, the chat room had a great time. Chat room, thanks for coming out. Uh, The the information that came out this week uh, was just absolutely dripping with awesome and seething with leatness, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. I I mean, it was just great stuff. I'm glad that we took the time to go over every single um, important event and the the most important bits out of that stuff. Uh, don't, Don't miss out on any of it. Go out there right now. Take a look at the podcast at Paul Stager's interview. Uh, take a look at that ridiculously awesome um, uh, beta uh, trailer that came out, uh, the uh, the Alliance at War trailer as well, the Lord trailer. Take a look at that. It's going to sell you on something that you've never thought you would definitely go for it, which is another faction. Great stuff. So uh, great week for us, and uh, and thanks all for, for uh, checking us out.
2: And Lou? My head's exploding. So much Elder Scrolls information. I feel like my head just can't get enough. It's so much, and I'm glad Matt was here to spend time with us. Glad to be back all. we all you. Missed you guys the past couple weeks. <laughs> and Dave,
3: um, what was the name of this thing? I may have to look it up. It's called The Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> <laughs> what was this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, just just watching these videos, having all this information come out this week, it's just been um, astounding. And if you're not hyped for it yet, have you been living under a rock? What's going on here? I like my <laughs> rock. <laughs> I like my rock. It's a nice rock. It's mine. It's no, but there's cool. it's awesome. Good, check it out. Check out our site if you want to see anything that's come out this week or that will come out in the future. Elder Scrolls Off The Record dot com is the place you got to go with. Especially with Shank. Thank you for all your crazy stuff that you've been putting out. Also, oh, thanks pleasure. to Brian. Oh, yeah. Yes, our writing staff head by bradford is is just great. Thank you guys for all the work you've done over the past week.
1: Uh, Shank, you only get
3: half
6: a final thought <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I won't raise my hand for this one. I'm just so unbelievably excited and happy for and that's
5: all- it
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> evil time.
6: yeah I'm just I'm so unbelievably excited and happy and man putting out this information for you guys is amazing it's really fun and I am very seriously I'm probably gonna live stream some Skyrim after this so hop on and join (laughs) all right
1: guys Ivarwin I am too seething with rage because of Skype right now would you please
0: um (laughs) do how to reach us Absolutely. Uh, how to reach us? Elder Scrolls Off The Record dot com. Uh, you can get our podcasts there, but you can also get our unbelievable uh, news bits. If you if you've heard it through Elder Scrolls, you're going to see it on our website as well. It's a great place to go for for consolidated information. It's all around the internet, but you'll find it at home at Elder Scrolls Off The Record dot com. Uh, questgamingnetwork.com is our portal website. Go there to access our website, Elder Scrolls Off the Record.com and Minecraft Off the Record.com, as well as all of our future projects, our YouTube, our individual Twitter accounts. It's all there at Quest Network.com. If you want to email this specific show, Elder Scrolls Off the Record at Gmail.com is the place to go. Ask us a question, tell us how awesome you are, send us a picture. Uh, Hopefully something in-game, not of like your feet or something because hobbits do that. Uh, (laughs) YouTube.com.
6: Wow.
0: YouTube.com forward slash Quest Gaming Network. That is our YouTube account. You can see all the things that we're posting there. Uh, Where to listen to us? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Zoom. Yes, that old thing and our RSS feed. You can use your favorite RSS reader. And if you uh, go to our website, you can access our feed and pick it up with your reader and have fun listening. <laughs> All right. Don't forget our other shows. Minecraft Off the Record Live Sundays at 7 p.m. And the QGN Community Cast recorded every other Friday. If Twitter's your thing, you can certainly find us on Elder Scrolls at Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Uh, follow us for all of our uh, all of our various awesome that's tweets actually, regarding the Elder Scrolls lore, humor, our updates, and I what's went, going on in the general.
1: That's actually at Elder Scrolls OTR, not at Elder Scrolls Off the Record.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, at Elder Scrolls OTR, uh, Joe. B A Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Type <like> that in. <laughs> uh, Joe can be found at the widget. I am a Varwin. You may find me at Evarwin. E V A R W Y N. Uh, Lou is at Gamer Guy 11B, GamerGuy11b. G A M E R G U Y one one b. And Dave is at D-Enforce D I E N F O R C E. And Shank, our newest member here, can be found at Shank the Tank. S H A N K T H T A N K. And uh, the spelling on Widget guys, W I G I T. So if you want to find Joe at uh, at the Widget, W I G I T.
1: Ellis rolls off the record. Well, I might want to turn up my volume here. Ellis was off the record is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Miller Network. And I just want to say, boost for all you all
0: next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe. May the foos be with you. Keep it locked here to Elder Scrolls off the record, the home. The home where Tamriel lives.
2: Good night, everyone. Glad you're all here. See you all again next week.
6: Foos Rudy, y'all. See you later. Till next time, guys, shadow hide you.
5: У